93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Well, come right over here. We got a beautiful spot for you. It's time for the connoisseur. He knows all the stuff you want to know about food, plus some other stuff you probably don't want to know. Mm. Uh, you know, and by the way, I'll, I'll need to send this article over to Marissa. It was from BuzzFeed. It was uh, something along the lines of like 25 things... Uh, that you would never understand unless you've worked in a restaurant before. Yeah, I'm sure. Some good stuff on there. You did. Uh, Casey, did. you did, and so did you. Kathy uh, was I a did. hostess, right? Uh, no, I was the coat check. Coat check. Yeah. Coat check. Then you didn't really work I at a restaurant. I didn't do Oh, but you would never mind. that you have it immediately when you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I made more money than the cocktail server. Oh, I'm sure you did. Uh, so it was great. Yeah, Kath, my brother was co-check uh, at the Ingle Nook in Swarthmore. My uh, sister was a waitress, and he often, most of the time, made more money than her. And my parents made them split their tips. Oh, mm-hmm. that's not right. Well, because wow. dude, dude, she busted her ass and, and worked, and he just co-checks easy. He sat in a booth. No, I know. She loses. I crazy. Know, right? uh, anyway, I'll, I'll get that to Marissa, and, and we'll post that on social because it's, it's worth looking into if you've ever worked in the restaurant industry. Okay. So, grocery delivery service Fresh Direct is predicting uh, that food shopping and cooking habits are going to change this year in 2021. Uh, The company's annual food trend forecast was released recently, and predictors uh, uh, predicts that consumers will buy more fresh seafood, premium cuts of meat, and prepared meals. The company also thinks that people would be ordering produce online in place of traditional in-person shopping, uh, bringing more creativity into the kitchen and have a higher focus on reducing food waste. And then it'll all go back to restaurants. (laughs) Right. Uh, They also foresee a growing demand for same-day delivery and online grocery shopping in general. Hasn't this already been happening? It's already been happening. It's been part of the deal. And I I think people have have seen that that it's an option. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know a lot of people are just biting at the bit, though, to, you know, get back to eating out and stuff like that. Yep, yep. We've been trying to, uh, we've, we've been cooking a lot at home. And for a while, we started to get into a rut and haven't really been paying attention to, you know, having some decent meals. And lately, we've been getting back to cooking some interesting... Healthy, good options. Yeah, healthy options and interesting recipes and stuff like that. It's a pain in the butt to cook a good meal, as Kathy would and know. it usually sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, well, that sucked. But if you Tonight go, on, well, that sucked. If you spend the time, you end up getting something that tastes better, I think, anyway. So the trick is spending the time. I know. That's the hard part. I know. Right. Well, my wife made it like a chicken and pasta meal the other night that was awesome. But the thing is that a lot of times, what people don't consider consider is make a large portion of it, make something that holds well in the refrigerator yeah, so you that can you can have, eat. Yes. Yeah. And then that makes oh, sense. Yeah. If you can pre-make your meals, yeah. it's great. I try to I try to have my lunches because yeah. now we bring lunch to work. Uh, and so I, I have to pre-make at least three or four days. Mm-hmm. If I can't do the whole week, I'll at least get three days in the fridge right. on Sunday ready to go. And I at least have that out of the way. Casey, I had a bit of a revelation you noticed uh, yesterday, so I... Are I'm, you the noticer or you're the no, uh, no, 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 revelationer? No. He noticed. Okay. Uh, so Casey and I usually like to snack on apples. Right. Like we have little apple discussions every now and then yeah. about our favorite varieties. Honey crisp. And there's a, there's a new variety called sugar bee, which I've fallen in love with. And so I bought these gorgeous big sugar bee apples. I brought them home from the grocery store. And as I took them out of the bag, they fell out of the, the little bag you get in the produce uh-huh. section. And bam, 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 bam. They just started hitting the floor. 
bruises up the apples. Oh. I was so pissed off. <laughs> so what I did, because he had little mushy spots on them, rather than have them sit and get even more mushy over yeah. a few days, I took two of the apples and I cut them up into slices and I brought them into work. Well, that's a pain in the ass to just spend that time to where you can normally just grab the apple and eat it as is. Mother ever. But Casey? Yeah. Really, I liked how the apple slices went down. I know. Better uh, than the actual Preston, eating it off of the core. I can't, I won't eat an apple um, regular because the skin gets stuck in my teeth and it will bother me all day long if I don't have dental floss on me. So I, if I eat an apple, I cut it up. That's I how never, I, eat it. I never eat an apple off the core. I, I slice it. I slice pieces off. I used to. I, I peeled I, it first too. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and wow. yeah, Even and it was better. I think I'm going to have to spend that time, time each week and do that. <laughs> well, so that's why I've um, I, I'm almost strictly a honey crisp guy. I'll do a gala apple, um, but uh, it's because of the skin. I can actually take the skin a little bit Everything better. Everything that rocks. <laughs> I agree because, uh, like the red delicious, the skin's bitter. I yeah, don't, I don't like it. Yeah, you know? and I and, and that's probably the most. Uh, popular variety of apple. But I have, interesting. I have turned into an apple guy. Yeah, I'm, an apple guy. I'm an apple yeah. guy. I'm an apple guy now. <laughs> you know what? Another thing about apples and me, uh, I can't eat just an apple. It hurts my stomach. Like, it'll it'll upset my stomach. I, okay. I know. I have that happen from time to time. Yeah. It must be acidic or something. Does it so, give you liquidy boom-booms? No, no. Not not like that. It just makes me, oh. it doesn't make me feel great. Like, it's almost like I ate, like, something that wasn't healthy. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? That's a band name. The liquidy li- boom-booms. Liquidy boom Let me ask you. Are apples really that good for you? Because they just—they no, taste so good. I so, uh, I, I, fresh fruit. You know, it, yeah, a lot of people knows. default to fruit. Well, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. You know, 500 pounds of fruit, and that's fruit is got calories. Oh yeah, yeah. No, loads well, of too natural much of anything yeah. is not is not good. But it's natural just eat su- fruit. No, but natural sugar is fine. Okay, because I on a daily basis, I, I just finished a juice cleanse. But on a daily basis, I have a banana, an apple. And an RX bar for breakfast. And a T-bone stick. And a T-bone stick, and that's it. That and a, and a handful of Oreos, and that is it, and a pack of Big League Chew, and yeah, that yeah. is all I it. have for breakfast. And then I wash down with a milkshake, and yes. that is it. And that is it, and, and then, then finally some yes. cinnamon toast crunch, right. and that and right. is it. That is it, and then my apple. Yep. And then in the morning, and then an apple alamone. So, and then yeah, some Pop-Tarts. not that tarts. much fruit. Yeah. And then <laughs> some Pop-Tarts, and that's it. That is all. And then uh, some pancakes, and that, then I'm done. <laughs> so After the bacon. <laughs> So fresh seafood, <laughs> premium cuts of meat, and prepared meals are the next That's it. This year. I, n- listen, I have um, <laughs> ice cream and that's it. <laughs> Dude, sometimes ice cream for breakfast is okay. Sometimes. And then that's no. it. <laughs> that, and and that is it. That's it. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, Marissa, and I have my club sandwich. <laughs> Marissa says she has a 10-second food thing that she discovered last night, Ooh. if we have time. Of course All right, well, we have hang time. on a second. Are we switching gears or something? Or no, 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 no. I just want to give her 10 seconds. Oh. Uh, wow. Good. Here we go. All right, There's go no way she's go. doing it in 10 go. seconds. Go. Store your avocados in water. What? Store your Saw avocados your... in water. So, you know, if you cut an avocado in half, you only use half of it, um, it'll brown. The other half, if you don't use it, sometimes it'll brown. Yes. Uh, Marissa says, (laughs) I saw your Instagram story, that if you put it in water, if you submerge it in water, it doesn't brown. Yeah, I follow all of these food people on Instagram. Stop with the clock. (laughs) um, And one of them shared a tip where they said, if you have an avocado sliced in half, I always just like put it in a Tupperware container. I leave the side that has the stone still in it. Yeah. And you think it's going to be good by the next day, but it's starting to get brown and shrinky. They said if you you, um, fill the Tupperware with water, you put it in there, you submerge it in water, it doesn't brown. Interesting. And it it doesn't do anything to the flavor? Well, so I, I shared it on my Instagram. I got lots of like head 
explodey emojis. Uh. So people were like, oh my God, I never knew this. One person said they've tried it and it gets a little mushy, but it does save it. Interesting. Now you can also use uh, lemon juice. Uh, will uh, just got lemons. Oh, shut up. <laughs> we buy bags of lemons, man. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Can you just bring me one a week? Sure. Let that, me get on that. That'll get me through. <laughs> uh, here we go. It says, an even easier method is submerge your ripe uh, avocado in water, cut your avocado in half, and fill a glass or plastic container near full with water. Mm-hmm. With the flesh side down, place the avocado in the container, cover, place in the fridge. This will keep the avocado from turning brown for about another two days. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I'll give that a try. I want to try it with, like, a thin layer of water. Because I feel like if you are just putting, oh, it says put the flesh side down. So yeah. that's the side with the See? skin on it, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's got to be submerged. No, no, no. Oh. Not with the skin on it. Okay. Uh, well. Flesh, flesh side. Well, yeah, that's the a flesh? Good, skin. That's flesh. a good question. The flesh of an avocado. Uh, I would think the flesh. <laughs> I want the flesh of an You just called it. Is not what? the same as the skin, oddly, but I might be wrong on that. <laughs> I might be way the off video on that. did have it, like, submerged, so it needed to be in there. So we can right. all do our tests and we'll yeah. report back next week. I will uh, call all your data and put it into a uh, yeah. into a medical journal. <laughs> okay. Okay, the flesh is the part you eat. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, that's so it's so. the cut side. Okay. Yep. It could say cut side yeah. down, right? All right. Yeah. Stupid Stop acting Do you keep the nut in, in the middle? Uh, or you take the no, nut I would I would say you take the stone out. <laughs> well, where do you nut? In the middle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what else we got here? I have some other things. Oh, yeah. Oh, dessert-oriented news. Mm. Costco has gotten the Internet's attention with its latest super huge treat. It is a three-pound brownie. <laughs> a okay. three-pound brownie? Yes. From where? Does Costco's own brand, which is not their own brand, but... Who makes it for them? Oh, yeah. Costco's brand is usually Kirk, uh, what is it? Kirkland Farms. Kirkland Farms, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's twelve ninety nine. dollars uh, There's an Instagrammer called Costco Buys that uh, shared a photo of the massive dessert. I don't know. I, that's all the information I had on it. Three-pound brownie. Color me intrigued. I, I mean, love brownies. God, oh, my God. so yeah. good. My wife has been making... Throughout the holidays, uh, Ghirardelli brownie mix, which is sensational. Yeah. Chocolate chips in it. It's so easy to make that I, I, I just said to her, stop it now. Yeah. Stop making it because we, we need to take a break from them because they're they're just, you'll buzzsaw through them. And they're so, they're, Kathy, I know you like them moist. They're moist. Yeah. They're moist as a mope. I, I just have never had, I'm sorry, Kathy, I've never had a store-bought brownie that is as, as good as a homemade brownie. Yeah. I'll tell you what, bra- you. what, bizarrely, what brand of brownies I used to love, schools would have them, and they were a little oh, bit... I remember. Linden's. I was never, oh, able to, yeah. I was never allowed to buy that. Oh, yeah. Linden to- mom coffee. Me. Linden brownies. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because they had bugs in them. Uh, we had apples. Because they had AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy the brownies. They're filled they with AIDS. AIDS. See, the Linden had the toffee cookies. That was my go-to. Yeah, those were good, yeah. too. And the Linden's chocolate chip cookies. Mm. Well, now they got a three pounder at Costco if you're interested. Jeez. All right, this is three pound that's, brownie. that's what we need. <laughs> this is a, a bit of a question about uh, serving pasta at home. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, an online poll. 600 people revealed uh, the answer to the above question How do you serve your pasta sauce with your pasta dishes? Do you mix the pasta with the sauce before serving? Or you serve the sauce on the side so people can add the amount that they want to their pasta. So the way I like it is when they serve it with the 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 sauce on the top, and you can mix it in as you want, and then you can add more. So yeah. a starter 
dollop, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. and you work it in. So are we talking like a restaurant, or are you going over to you at home. grandma's yeah. house? Oh, at home. Okay, yeah. so you mix a little bit in, but the majority of it stays on the side to, so the person can put the amount they want. I've always done the same thing, Steve. You take the pasta, yep. and then you put sauce on top of it, and then you mix it. But the way you're really supposed to do it, from what I understand mm-hmm. from watching cooking shows, is actually you're cooking the sauce, the gravy, whatever you want to call it, in the pan, and you throw the pasta in that pan while that's being cooked. Really? Yes. And you mix it up that way, and then you take it out. Um, and then, of course, you can pick it up with, like, tongs, depending on what kind of uh, pasta you're... You know, if it's a longer pasta, like linguine or fettuccine or yeah. spaghetti or whatever, and then you, you can kind of drip it. You can kind of right, shake it a little right, bit right. and get that's some of it off. Yeah. But that's the way, uh, from what I understand, and chefs, you can call me and tell me if I'm different, but but I understand that's a more traditional way okay. to make pasta is while the sauce is being cooked in a, in a pan... You you take the already made pasta and then you throw it into that. I have to learn how to make uh, a, a French sauce. toast. No, no, yeah, no. Me too, uh, I have to because I am Italian. My my grandmother apparently was a, a good cook, and she taught my mom how to make a good sauce. And that's like pretty much the only thing my mom makes. And I haven't yet learned how to do it, and I have to do it. Let's start with a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Get that down first. But this is like my mom always tells. Me, she's like, this is so easy. It takes a while, but yeah, right. this is easy. She's like, that's why your grandmother taught me because I, she, I'm like my mom, not mm-hmm. you know, not really into cooking. And this was an easy recipe, and you can feed every you know, not the 900 people that come over with it. This is going to be difficult for Kathleen to yeah. learn. Uh, Nick, jump it in. Yeah, do you, uh, when you use meat in your sauce, do you uh, cook the meat separately, like a sausage or a meatball? Um, yes, to some extent. Like if it's meatballs, yeah, uh, you you bake those uh, and then then finish cooking them in the, in the you sauce. You put your meat in, your sausage. Yeah, you I, in I knew a guy who would take, uh, and this is a great idea, in his, uh, in his pasta sauce, uh, he would take a whole like ribeye steak and put it in the sauce while it was cooking. Really, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think of that scene from The Godfather that when he's preparing it, and they, you know they put the sugar in, a little mm. bit of vino, and you know all of that. It just looks so good. Yeah, okay, it's healthy on. for you. I, I would like to learn how to make my own sauce. I'm not mad at, at however people prepare it, but I do. If you are going to mix the sauce in, I need to have the option of putting more sauce on because I'm a, I'm a lot of sauce kind of guy. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a moderate sauce guy. I, I I want a I want a symphony of taste. I like you it. guys want uh, you guys want my mom to make some. She loves doing it and she loves cooking for you guys and she makes a really good sauce. Yeah, anytime. Oh, we should have a little Jarred contest. Up. I can Com- have my mom make hers. <gasps> okay, Ooh, I love it. Yes, it's Buxco versus. He's Delco. Delco. No, he's Delco. <laughs> oh. I'm Delco, but my mom's... Uh, well, no, my mom's Nick, Chesco. you're not Delco. Come on. Tesco. Right, uh, well, who's Costco? <laughs> my mom's... Uh, let's just say Bluebell. Okay. Uh, right. I was reading an- another little tip for, for making uh, pasta. Is it? Uh, I read this the other day, that, and, and I've seen recipes have them before, but if you are making a pasta sauce... Make sure you retain just a little bit of the pasta water. Yeah. And you add that into the sauce when you add the pasta in it. It supposedly makes it stick to the pasta a little bit better. It's got some starch in it. Oh. Um, so. Oh, man. Pasta water makes me. It's gross. It grosses me out. <laughs> it's like cloudy. What is wrong with you? It's, I know. it's cloudy. I know. It's gross. It's cloudy? Yes. It's, it's cloudy. Cloudy. No. It's cloudy. It's cloudy. Cloudy. Gross. Oh, my God. 
God, I hate it. Oh, I by the way, get it off of the can you start pointing out things <laughs> yeah. that aren't gross yeah. just so we can? All right. All right. I'll, thank you. I'm yeah. try. That's not gross. <laughs> that's um, her follow up show. Yeah. Well, so, that well that sucked, and that's not gross. And this yeah. isn't gross. <laughs> Two different things. We should have a sauce bowl uh, and have uh, Nick's mom and Kathy's mom do this oh, uh, right before the Super Bowl, yeah. and we 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 drink a glass <laughs> of each, right? <laughs> yes. Secondly. My mom had gnocchi for the first time in her life. Ginichetti yes. is Ginichetti. She is seventy. Hang on, how old? Seventy three? No, seventy. Yes, yeah, seventy three years old. She had gnocchi for the first time in her life two weeks ago. And what'd she think? She loved it. It's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. You ever give that to me? What, what did you just give me? <laughs> <laughs> Come what on. The hell? I've been watching you with your big fat greasy fingers making Ginichetti. Come on, you could do it. <laughs> Imagine if your if your mother was Whitey Bulger from Black Mass. Hang on, I'm going to go to uh, something for after school. Joe is in the restaurant business. Hey, Joe, good morning. Hey, guys, how are you today? Good, what's up, Joe? Uh, not much. So, yeah, with the sauce, so when I'm at home, what I do, I, there's, I work in the restaurant business, but I also, you know, obviously make pasta at home, yeah. like many others. But I, I, at home, what I do is, I cook the pasta. I do um, what Jack said. I put a little bit of sauce in there uh, because without because of the starch, without anything in there, all the pasta will eventually stick together if something's in there. Mm-hmm. So in the restaurant business, however, there's two ways. One, if a restaurant uses fresh pasta, um, then that's what you do. You put sauce in the pan. You throw the vegetable. Everything else you want to add to that pasta dish goes in the pan with the you know, after the sauce is heated and the pasta and everything else because it's not supposed to be that hot. Just the sauce is. And uh, if you're going to pre-cook your pasta, like a hard pasta, you mm-hmm. pre-cook it. Mm-hmm. What you do is, if you don't want to add salt, you want to cook it later. Say, like in the restaurant business, we would portion it out. Yeah. You put, you mix a little tiny bit of oil in with it, and you yep. mix it all around so the pasta doesn't stick together. Yeah, so and, and it holds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it holds it. It keeps it, it keeps it very fresh for a while. Okay. All right. Good, good tip. Thank you. Appreciate right, it, Joe. Guys, have a great day. All right, you too, man. We'll see That's you. one of the excruciating parts of watching, like, Goodfellas when they're in the prison and then they're doing the thing and they're getting the bread and they got the this and the yeah. whatever the hell. It looks tremendous. It makes you want to be in prison so much. You do get hungry and you want to be in jail. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me see. I got a couple other, a couple other things we can get to. All right, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears from really yummy, awesome pasta to Slim Jims. Slim Jims. Uh, you still eat them? Uh, yeah, I haven't had one in a long time. Not a long time, but um, yesterday. in a while. <laughs> I used to love them. I don't love them anymore. I mean, I could eat one if I had to, but I. Uh, I thought any... you said you could like keep some Slim Jims in the car. Sort well, of like no, no, I'll keep uh, like beef jerky. Okay, which is a little bit different than Slim Jims. I mean, it's it's a jerky type of thing, but. It, it's got the like essence it. of jerk. I don't like any of that. I remember my brother's like loving Slim Jims. Yeah. yeah, I used to devour those things. So anyhow, they've teamed up, Casey, to mm-hmm. to just tell you. I know you got something you want to add, but uh, they've teamed up with Sonic Drive-In, and they have a Sonic Chili Cheese Coney-flavored Slim Jim. Wait, so, is it Sonic closing? Yeah, that's what you were no. just talking about that. <laughs> Only locally. Remember, Nick it's had told local. us that it was a franchisee. This is bull crap. Who had essentially gone under, and so I had to close the local. So, so Sonic is still booming all over the place. Oh, right. Somebody else just has to buy these properties. Buy them already. Them, yeah. Just at the time when they get the exact menu item I'm not interested in, they go away. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I will try it. I will try it because I do like the little flavor varieties that Slim Jim has to offer, and as a result, 
I um, kind of strictly go. The Monster Slim Jims are the thicker ones, and the Monster Tabasco Slim Jims are amazing. I always like, Casey, the dual pack with, with a meat stick and a cheese stick next to each yes. other. That, oh, yeah. that was That's the one that I would opt for usually. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've, I'm like, hey, uh, Kathy, I've never, I've never been into this. Though we did have a company on for a while that had some sort of jerky or... I forget what they were, and they they brought by samples all the time. Their stuff was very very good. Yeah, it didn't have that processed taste to it. My yeah, wife right. uh, bought Jack Link's uh, meat sticks the other day. They came in through Amazon. They weren't that great, man. Um, they were it's their meat sticks. <laughs> well, it is their attempt at A the Slim Jim. Yeah, no, I like Jack Link's um, uh, beef jerky, yeah. but. Uh, I like the, beef jerky. <laughs> the way I said that sounded I so weird. beef jerky. All right, uh, what the hell is the difference between beef jerky and a meat stick? Beef jerky is a little more dry, a uh, little more... Um, chewy. Chewy, yeah. The meat stick is, is kind of softer, but it's oh. in a, and it's in a casing. Vainier. It's in a casing <laughs> as well. So, okay. um, you know, it's funny, though, but we used to, when I was a kid, and this comes from my, my dad being from the South, but we would buy... All that stuff. If you if you stopped in a gas station and it was in a jar, if it was in a vat yep. floating in vinegar, we would yeah. buy it. You know, I'm like, you could buy those super duper hot hot dog type of I things. I remember those spicy hot. Never got into those pickled eggs or or pickles or I mean <laughs> even freaking uh, um, pigs feet and stuff like that. Feet. Oh yeah. my god, we we used to eat that stuff like crazy. So, now I find it disgusting. Does this uh, <laughs> definition hash it out for you here, Preston? Jer- here we go. Jerky's made from lean cuts of beef that are cooked at low heat for a long time, so very little fat mixed into the end product. The other hand, meat sticks encased like sausage. Yeah, it says have eight to thirteen grams of fat, and I think that's part of it, Steve. That that I got tired of that. I remember one time having a slim gym, yeah, and there was just grease all mm, over yeah, my yeah. fingers. <laughs> and and with uh, with jerky, you don't really get that, right? You don't get that. Uh, it's more leathery, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with the with the um, slim gyms, I usually keep it in its package, and you kind of push it up, and so you don't get all that grease on your fingers. On your fingers. And stuff. <laughs> but I was always a sucker for the Wild Bill's beef jerky that was always in that giant like mason type jar when you go to the beer distributor yeah that oh it's always right at the register you guys know what i'm talking about i do know what you're talking about yeah i think it sounds familiar i, yes. I stay away from that Steve, stuff yeah go ahead what was that we had that client because they provided me with beef jerky for a couple of the mountain climbs uh, yeah I, it, you, I remember right nick i, I wasn't crazy yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really good stuff it mm. was really good it was all natural and they yeah. were on board for a couple of years and and then they went away and i don't know if they're still in existence but i can't remember huh. for the life of me what the name of them was it was really good and they had like little chips too like uh, older, t- like like beef jerky chips. And oh, stuff. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um. All right. Oh my. I'm okay. Hang on. Yeah. Let me go to this call. Right. I'm going to go to James. Hi, James. Good morning. Hey, what's up? You guys rock. <laughs> Thank you, James. You had, you had a story about Slim Jims. Yeah. When I was younger, my my stepdad worked for a vending company place, and he brought home a case of Slim Jims. It was like 144. <laughs> like a me gross. And buddy, me and my buddy sat there and ate every one of them. Right. <laughs> Oh and he God. threw up Slim Jim so bad, and to this day he won't touch them. Uh, but yeah. Of course, of course. Hold on, but then, James, why? Just to see if you could eat a hundred of them? We just kept going back and grabbing one and grabbing one until they were gone, and then <laughs> then I got my ass in trouble when he got home. Yeah, yeah, for it. eating one hundred and forty-four. You, you ate a salary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ate a gross of Slim wow. Jim. So right. every time I took the dude up or stopped by, you know, I stopped and get a Slim Jim. He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, James. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I probably have time for one more thing here. We're going to have Stacey Keach on in just a moment. So 
Uh, I saw this. If you love fast food, then Hawaii is apparently the state to be in. According, and I, I wouldn't expect this. That yeah. But okay. So to, according to data compiled by uh, NiceRx.com, Hawaii has the highest concentration of fast food restaurants in relation to its population. Okay. Uh, with 97.5 fast food restaurants per 100,000 people. As of 2019, the U.S. Census Bureau estimated that the population of Hawaii was a little more than 1.4 million, which could mean Hawaii has around 1,365 fast food restaurants. So they rank at the top. And I guess, I mean, listen, it's an island and sure. you got a lot of tourism and so on. Right. But, but I would never peg Hawaii as kind of per capita having more fast food than anybody else. The, the times I've been, they did have a lot of, you know, a lot of those uh, franchise places. I remember that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. There are a lot of franchise places. But, I, but I, I, you know, when I think fast food, I think, you know. Burger King and McDonald's right, right. and stuff right, like that. But I mean, that. it could also be like... Uh, drive throughs Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But I guess it could be... Famous Amos or something. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Who was in second place? Uh, New York was second. Well, that's another island uh, tropical. And true. Yeah. Well, it is an island. Manhattan is 92.3 fast food restaurants per 100,000 people. Uh, and it says, for some perspective, Hawaii's per capita fast food restaurant number is a little over three times the amount recorded in Alaska. Huh. Which has sixty one point nine fast food restaurants per one hundred thousand people. So what was that uh, that factoid about the um, proximity to, on average, most Americans to a McDonald's? Yeah, there was some bizarre thing that you're you... always within like ten yeah. miles of a McDonald's or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know where that where that stands. The vast now. bulk of Americans, uh, but yes, that's correct. So. Um, yeah, wise place for fast food. Yeah. All right, so as long as we are in connoisseur territory, I want to uh, give a shout out and a thank you to, uh, there's a woman named Ann, I don't know how you pronounce her name, but it looks like it's like Fensel or Fenkel. Okay. Uh, she is with Joe Corby's uh, fundraising pizza, and we were ah. talking about Joe Corby's on air a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And, uh, and they're um, loyal listeners, and they sent us a care package of Joe Corby's pizza. Is that where that came from? That's where that came oh. from. And then also, like, so I knew that they had pizza and cheesy bread. Yeah. And it was delicious, and it's been years since I've had it, but I had no idea that they had... Like cakes and cookies and all that stuff as Coffee well. Coffee cake. Coffee cake, yeah. So um, wanted to say thank you and, um, you know, I, I hope you guys are doing all right with the fundraising. Um, you're doing great things for schools and uh, I, I don't know if um, you can order this just on your own, you know? I probably like, can if right. you want. Or if I had just to do Just lie it. about your charity. But like, dude, yeah, they have like cheesecakes and brownies and I had no clue about any of that stuff. But um, well, in the, a little bit of nostalgia for people. Yeah, in the freezer in our kitchen are some cheesy breads. I took the pizza home with me because it was just one large um, pizza making kit. But the right. the cheesy breads you were actually able to well, thank parse you, out. And for sending that over. That was very cool of you. We very nice. It. All right, listen. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Interesting Reddit uh, thread that I picked up through uh, BuzzFeed. Um, And a guy had asked a question, what is the fastest you have ever seen uh, someone, a, a new co-worker, get fired mm-hmm. and asked for responses. And there were loads of interesting ones. So somebody's only been there for you a know, short amount of time and they get fired for whatever reason. We had one here, don't you remember? 
No. In yes. our sales department. I do. It, it was literally, was it like, it might have been 24, 48 hours. Yep, yep. I do remember that. Uh, there was <laughs> a reason behind that. I'm not going to go into the details. Yeah, but the uh, it, it did involve the um, our old advice to make sure your social media is uh, clear. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the social media was clear, and that's why he was only here for... 24 hours. Yeah. yeah, so keep that in mind if you're applying for a job somewhere and <laughs> may want to go back and check your history on social media <laughs> see what you got in there. Uh, so if, if you have some examples, I'm going to read a few from there, and there's a bunch of really good ones. Feel free to let us know. Um, here's a, one of the first respondents said, um, a week was as quick as they had seen someone get fired. Said, I worked in a bar, new girl started at work. She seemed a, a little rough, but was fine. One day she finished a shift, sat at the bar, ordered a red wine with lemonade and ice in it. He says, not really relevant to the story, but just shows how she is. Uh, Her boyfriend came in. They had a huge domestic in front of my manager and several customers. And she threw a drink over her boyfriend and dramatically stormed out. Uh Uh-huh. So it was Not good. Not good. Mm -hmm. Take it to another bar. Yes. Uh, This one says, heard this from a manager I worked with with when I was uh, in fast food. There was this one kid who didn't show up for work. He did work often, so the manager called around, couldn't get anybody to fill in in his shift, so she had to fill in for him. And a few hours into his shift, the dude ditching showed up with his friends and ordered food from that manager. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's supposed to be working. He was fired on the spot. Now, I don't know how long that person was there uh, because... Did you guys have any uh, positions open? Yeah. My, my friend Brett got fired from McDonald's where, where I worked growing up three separate times. And they needed him to come back, so he came back. And then he got fired again. And, he came, and his brother worked there. He got fired, too. It was just one of those things where, like, why do you keep coming back and why do you keep getting fired? Well, he has such a special set of skills. Uh, um, other than, you know, having someone get fired very quickly, I we have talked about this before. And, and I've seen people just kind of disappear. Yeah, right. that happens. There was a guy in sales ages ago at Y100 who was there for, I don't know, a week or two or something and, and just Stop decided he didn't want to come to work yeah. anymore. And I mean left, like, just completely ghosted. Like, never heard from him again. <sighs> yeah. Everyone has had that moment where you're there and you're thinking, what the hell am I doing? But at least let them know you're not coming in. Here's a great story. This one says, first day of work. I saw this guy get fired. He walks up, or he walks in, and he says, what the F is up, dumbass, to the guy that was parked next to him. It didn't touch his new Camaro, but he had uh, he had just bought it since he had gotten hired. And the guy that he said, what the F up is dumbass, uh, F up dumbass to, was the CEO of the company. Oh, man. Who was there on a visit to their particular branch. He said, literally, 10 minutes into his shift, he was signing release papers. <laughs> That's a quick one. Uh, Another one says here, a 19-year-old kid got hired to work the seafood counter. I saw him twice and then never again. So I asked a co-worker what happened. He said he had closed uh, seafood one night and was walking out of the store, and the five pounds of crab legs he stuffed down his pants fell out in front of the closing manager. Oh, my God. So he's like, go Come on. Come on. Yep. Let it breathe before you start stealing. Here's a text that just came. It says, new guy on his first day of work. Refused to wear the approved uniform jacket. Fired within three hours of his first day. <laughs> so what do you, how do you, what, what do you say? No, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Or I, you know, do, aren't you aware that this is, when you get hired, 
They set the rules. There are They're, rules. They are providing you the job, and you are going to, in turn, work for them, and they will pay you for that. Yeah. So if you didn't want to wear the jacket, let them know right at the beginning so they don't hire you. Yeah. Here's one that says, uh, before their first day on orientation. As a quick as they saw somebody get fired. During orientation. Yeah. He said, I got hired uh, for a manufacturing job through a temp agency. Me and my friend of, of my, me and a friend of my wife were both supposed to start on Monday at the plant for a week-long orientation. She got into a fender bender on her way to orientation and called them to say that she'd be a bit late. That she had just needed to wait on the police to give a statement. Uh, the manager told her, don't even bother coming in. <laughs> Uh, the girl was torn up. She took pictures, and the police report in the hiring manager tried to explain uh, things to the uh, company HR manager. Wow. No dice. She was fired before even clocking in. Well, that's just a jerk boss. That's just somebody who's yeah. being a dick. Have you ever, uh, on a side note, have you ever worked through a, a temp agency just to pick up some work? No. Yeah. Have. Yeah. Have you? No. I never have, but we used to... Um, Throughout the years, we've done, you know, in the various radio stations, we've done commercials for places that are temp agencies. I always encourage people if you, it's kind of a good way to, yeah, you want to get a smattering of experience. The one I worked for was called Kelly Services. I don't right. know if they're still around or not. But, oh, I uh, remember them. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a few different jobs through them. Usually it was like data entry or whatever, but yeah. it, was, it was good pay. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up in some good jobs as a result. There you go. Uh, I'm going to go to Colleen. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. How is everybody? Wonderful. So you have a, uh, saw somebody get fired pretty quickly? Uh, yeah, the company Christmas party, which was a few years ago, uh, we, this gentleman was invited because he was going to start the following week. The company Christmas party was on a Saturday. He was going to start Monday. So they invited him, said, hey, come on out, get to meet some of the people you're going to be working with. You get to see the, you know, the company as, as we are in our own element. And he got in a fight with his wife that night, his fight, his, his wife fought with one of the managers, got in his face, and he was fired on the spot. He never even started the job. If, wow. if you... If, that's a double-edged sword. So if you're invited, they invite you to the office Christmas party before you've even started, I would come up with any excuse possible to not attend because it, they're, they're always a, a potential disaster oh, to yeah. begin with. I don't... I don't I don't think you should ever go to the Christmas party. Yeah, yeah but if you're going, if you're if you're going on the Christmas party the first time, you don't meet, you don't know anybody. Right. Yeah, you're going to be on your best behavior. You're, you're right, you exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew a guy he, who. It was a big manager that he got in a fight with, so oh, it was Jesus. like the wrong person to pick a fight with. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Colin. People reveal themselves after yeah. a couple of cocktails, I guess. Yeah. I knew a guy who uh, his mom couldn't attend the Christmas party, so he yeah. went in her stead. <laughs> I heard about that guy. That go? Yeah. He took a, he stripped down his underwear and danced on a table. He's popular. Wearing mirrored round sun rim sunglasses. <laughs> Wait. Did you get in trouble from your mom? I mean, it was a private company and i knew them and and uh no not trouble okay uh, but but then anybody else in the renter bands no okay no there was a dj and he had hula hoops and uh was doing all kinds of fun stuff and the drinks were free and i took off my clothes was everybody encouraging uh, i don't remember (laughs) yeah 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 
I don't remember. That's like my favorite story. It was it was fun at the time. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. It says, a uh, guy showed up to work on his first day with the smell of alcohol in his breath at 7 a.m. Wow. When questioned, he admitted to taking a couple of swigs on the way to calm his the first day nerves down. Oh, a bit. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, uh, he was fired on the spot. He yeah. worked there less than 20 minutes. Here's, here's a similar oh, text, Preston, of, uh, along those lines. All right. Uh, it says, company I used to work for had a new hire for exactly six hours. Hours when they took her for a mandatory drug test after her training, she tested positive for such high levels of cocaine. Oh mm. They believed that she was doing it on the way to oh. her test. Yeah, wow. I um, I definitely smell alcohol in people's breaths uh, instantly, instantly. Uh, but I wonder if now with everybody having to wear masks. Um, if that hides it a little bit, that's interesting. More. Especially if you treat your mask with some sort of. Cologne or something, perhaps. Yeah, take a little nip here and there. Put mm-hmm. a charcoal filter in it. Uh, I'm going to go to Michael. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, so uh, I owned a construction business in Northern Virginia. I had a best friend uh, living up in Jersey, and her boyfriend fell on hard times. So I gave them a place to live and the boyfriend a job working with me. The first day, I should have known right off the bat, just getting in the car, he was PO'd about having to leave so early. But we get to the job. I tell him I need him to cut some boards. Within 15 minutes, he comes up to me with a circular saw with the cord cut in half. Brand new. He cut the cord in half. I'm like, I thought you'd done this before. He's like, yeah, but never this kind of... This kind of work. I fired him on the spot, made him sit there all day while I worked, drove back, and then kicked him out and sent him back to Jersey. <laughs> wow. wow. So he made it about 15 minutes into the job. That was about 15 minutes into the job. He sat there for eight hours that day, and it was an hour drive back. Yeah, wow. yeah. I thought you said you did this kind of work. Yeah, but I was lying. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh, man, it was the worst mistake ever. To yes. That's no, no, right. Thanks, say, Michael. No good deal. He goes unpunished. Yeah. Uh, let me go to line one. This is Jason. Hey, Jason, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right. Quick as you've seen somebody get fired. Uh, within the first half of their shift, uh, on their first day of training, uh, I used to work retail as manager and covering a, a warehouse. So we had a delivery come in, and the, the, there was a gap in the doors where the truck would back up and we knew about it. There was a camera on it. This guy learning how to just stack items on a pallet, unloading a truck decides to drop a box of iPods out the gap. Say he's going on break, walk around the back of the building and carry the box of iPods to his car. All on camera. We knew about all this. It was was the the fastest I had ever gotten uh, a response from HR with, Absolutely terminate them, and the uh, cops were showed up and locked them up and took them away on the spot. Yeah, because that's if, theft. if you're going to steal from the company, case the joint for yeah. a few yeah. weeks while you work. <laughs> yeah, find the loopholes and then go that way. And disappeared. Yeah, if he would have just walked to his car and disappeared. We probably wouldn't have picked up on it until at least the end of the day. Right. Sure. Uh, yep. Yeah, he decided wow. to come back in yeah. and try to finish his shift. You oh make your first theft a box full of iPods. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Jason. So my friend uh, and I didn't know him then because I I knew him in college. But when he was in high school, he worked at a uh, gold medal sporting goods. Remember those? Uh, oh yeah. 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 And sure. he would um, he would he would throw things away in the dumpster and uh, then go back steal them after the shift was over. <laughs> yeah. So he had a little side hustle. <laughs> 
because he would sell all that stuff. I mean, come on, you know, you, the amount of 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 employee theft mm-hmm. that companies deal with on yeah. a yearly basis would mm-hmm. blow your mind. I'm going to go next to Brian talking about uh, people have gotten fired very very quickly. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, bud? Well, I got fired as I showed up for my first day of work. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Do it tell. Was, um, it was daylight savings time had just ended, so the clocks were all screwed up. Um, it was a morning shift. I started at 6 a.m. at a gas station. I show up, try the door. The door is locked. I knock on the door. The manager's on one side of the door. I'm on the other side of the door, and he just looks at me and waves goodbye. Wow, That's a little harsh. That that was Come that on. is an accident that is made by many many people during the clock shift. He he wouldn't even entertain the notion that w- that it was a legitimate honest mistake. We we got there eventually. The the way it all worked out. I didn't change my clock. I knew it was daylight saving time. I'd been up late partying because I was in college. Um, and I didn't change the clock, but I just reset my alarm to make sure that I would still get up on time for work. Right. My buddy sees that I've gone to sleep and comes in and sees my clock and is like, oh, crap, he didn't change it. Oh, my God. My clock. Oh. Uh, now, I did I did have a conversation with them. I did get the job back. But, man, I was fired instantaneously. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Yeah, you know, listen. And, again, my father, for all the, the advice he's given me throughout the years, there's a couple things. One of the most salient pieces of advice was show up on time. And get that done, that'll help you keep a job. But so many people just don't. Rochelle's uh, motto is early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. Yeah, I agree with that. Unless you grew up in my family, then when you're only five minutes late, you're not really late at all. You're not really late? (laughs) No, you're right on time. Oh, my God. I used to, like, curse my mom in my head when I was in college, and I was like, rushing to get to class on time because I was like, this is her fault. Right. This is how she raised me that you wait until the last minute to leave because I would try to squeeze whatever I could in like a little more studying or I could quick, quick do laundry really quick before my class and then you end up being late. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, here's uh, another one from the article. It says this guy hadn't even started yet uh, and just had his introductory email sent out to the whole company which ended with incredibly explicit details about himself mm. and he got fired before he even started doesn't indicate what the explicit oh, yeah I'd like to see what those yeah. were right uh, here's another one it says day one hit a parked car in the parking lot with the person still inside when he was confronted he lost his mind and even used threats the man he hit walked up to security and said don't let that man into my building people like that don't work for me he had hit the director's Porsche Yikes. oh my god yep you um you will hear about like in, in sales especially like pharmaceutical medical sales because they have to go away for training yes they do you will hear about people getting sent home uh, I mean you know they're they're away they, for a week yeah what, because of uh, just partying or you know oh, really yeah you've got to watch that you've honestly put things in context like we talked about president earlier the Christmas party. You don't need it. You don't need the Christmas party. You don't need to get into any situation Mm -hmm. that's going to compromise you or make you look bad in front of your bosses. I will go next to Frank. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, bud? So I used to work in a mechanic shop where we hired a new tech. He claimed to be a master tech, um, and on his first day, you know, we all expected, you know, him to bring a big toolbox into work. And he actually bought a little tackle box, like a fishing tackle box. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he would get handed all these big jobs. And 
you know, I'd have to hold his hand throughout the entire thing. And, you know, as a master tech, you shouldn't really be helped with anything. I mean, this guy couldn't even change a battery by himself. <laughs> That's pretty bad. So how soon before you fired him? Uh, well, I didn't fire him because I wasn't the boss. But once the boss caught wind of him, uh, he was out of there. He, it was probably two, three days. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the notion of being able to lie your way through something like being a, a master tech right. um, uh, or like a neurosurgeon, yeah, you're yeah. going to you're gonna be exposed pretty quickly. The fake it till you make it yeah. thing doesn't quite work. I'm in a those. pilot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll try Jake. Hi, Jake. Good morning. Good morning. What's hey, up? bitches. Hey, hey bitch. What? What's going on, man? <laughs> uh, nothing much, man. So uh, we actually, uh, I, I run a car dealership. I'm a sales manager, and we had this guy who uh, we hired. He was supposed to be a technician, and uh, he told us he didn't have a car, he needed a car, so he started. We gave him a car at a discounted rate. We gave him, like, the employee price, and then he stopped showing up to work the next day. Wow. And so, all right, wow. so that guy pulled the pulled the never come back again thing. Yeah. And, he, and he, yeah. he got away with the car? Well, so the worst part about it is that he owed us $5,000 down for his, like, loan that he had. Yeah. And after he stopped showing up, he just disappeared. Now, that's a crime. That I mean, is. he's committed a crime <laughs> at that point. That's, that's not simply just, you know, murfing it. All right. Thanks, Jim. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, here's here's a couple texts coming in. This says, uh, loan officer fired first day for looking at porn on his office for <laughs> oh his company-issued laptop. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Can't look at porn on your company? <laughs> not on your first day. No. no. Your loan right. officer. Radio, it's encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there are programs that are, like, on the computers. I don't know if we have them here. I guess we probably broke that program. But where if you search anything that the company lists as, you know, inappropriate or whatever, they get an alert, and they know exactly what computer it comes from. Yeah, I'm not on the network. Yeah, they probably just turned that off because they For got us. tired of it, yeah. <laughs> seeing everything pop up. In fact, they get an alert when it's not porn coming into our computers. Uh, another text says, at a previous job, we escorted a kid out after 15 minutes. He was trying to sell heroin to a co-worker. No. Oh. And, well, then, and then he super glued all the locks the next week on our building. Jesus. You're just trying to be liked at work. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can get in their good graces if I sell them heroin. I like this one. This says, uh, as a teenager, I worked at a bowling alley. Within an hour, a new girl was fired on the spot because she dropped a bowling ball on the foot of a complaining patron. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> on purpose, we assume. I yes. assume, and that's... Uh, I'll you show could, you. You could really hurt that's somebody assault, badly. <laughs> uh, this one says, the quickest they saw someone get fired was about 35 minutes in. Said I hired a guy to work for me as quality inspector for merchandise headed to Walmart and Target. Uh, he bragged about everything that he stole from his last job during training and how they paid him more than I did. Well, I'm not holding him back from all that money, so I had uh, some big guys escort him off the property. That's got to be the easiest job in the world, a quality inspector at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will go next. Eh, that'll be fine. Uh, we have Preston. Good morning, hey. Preston. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, my man? Uh, long-time listener. I call in once in a while. Well, it's like my second. But listen, guys. So this guy, he worked for me. He worked. I was a glass blower. I started blowing glass in 94 in high, after I graduated high school. I yeah. uh, was making handmade glass for a family-owned company in South Jersey. We hired this guy. He worked for us for about two months. So his job was the ball. He's, I blow the glass. And he and takes he care of yeah, I know. I just just it. keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Hey, to top, to top it off, man, we blew glass balls all day. <laughs> there you go. There it is. So, so what did he do to get uh, get to screw up? What's that? What did the guy do to screw up? 
Oh, hey, man. So this guy, he's in charge of So I'm a glass blower, so I got to keep the irons cool right. after, after they're in use. Yeah. So this guy is in charge of that. So he um, apparently, you know, he has to use my Vaseline to keep Vaseline in the locker nearby because that's glass blowing. Because <laughs> you're doing all that blowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it keeps your lips from drying out. Right, so right. Of course. Yeah, right. so hands this, nice fella, this fella apparently doesn't know that we use it for that. He must think that we use it for our hands or some other other reason. Okay. So he come and asked me to borrow some Vaseline. Not thinking, I said, yeah, go ahead. And then, I, then a minute later, <clears throat> I put the irons down and I asked him, why are you touching, why are you using my Vaseline? Because I need to put that, that that's for me. Everyone has their own Vaseline. That goes on my lips. And he said to me that he had some dry crotch. Oh, my God. And I asked him, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. I had to dump out on that. So he said the reason he needs a Vaseline, what the F is dry crotch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like... 19 years old man like yeah, yeah. this guy's older than me he's in his 30s and i asked him what what are you what are you talking about he said he spent a nice night with a lovely woman a couple weeks ago, but apparently he had something wrong where he had some blisters popping. So he had, he had like a, he had an STD. He put the Vaseline on his STD, and it's the same Vaseline you put on your lips. I want to die. Exactly right. And here you are, just a young man blowing some glass balls. Yeah, and and you're afraid of getting a social disease. Yeah, from blowing glass balls. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody get fired in this story, or is this just? No, no, he's, he's just bragging. No, they, they got married. <laughs> no, he was gone, man. He, he was gone. Sure, you oh. cannot. We that is. If you go into our kitchen right here at the at, at One Ballot Plaza, it says, "Do not offer up Vaseline you've put on your genitals if someone yeah. plans on using it on their lips." It's this, an is, yeah. this, this is Bill lip, Weston. This is lip Vaseline. Yeah. This is not STD. Not, Vaseline. This is this is for your dry balls. <laughs> not for your lips. There's, <laughs> Live Vaseline and ball Vaseline, and they're in two separate containers, marked clearly. Preston, that's our favorite story of the day. Thank you. Thank you, Em. No worries, guys. Bye-bye. See you later. (laughs) You don't know what? If it had to do with anything else that we were talking about. He got fired. Oh, okay. The dude dude got fired. I had one slip with five Taiwanese hookers. (laughs) Did someone get fired? (laughs) I just wanted to tell somebody. (laughs) I just needed to get that out. I'm just glad that Bill has two different vats of well, he does, yeah. Vaseline, Vaseline in yeah. our kitchen. They're even in separate parts of the kitchen. Yeah, one for your balls, one for your lips. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Here's another one that says, uh, three, I saw someone get fired three hours into their first shift. Guy lost it serving an annoying customer in a grocery shop threw a cabbage at her. The manager came and told him to go home because he's finished here. There's cabbages for eating and cabbages for throwing. They're clearly marked. Yes. <laughs> Listen to your supervisor. <laughs> um, and then uh, let me get another call here. Uh, okay, yep. Let me go. We got a break here, shortly, <laughs> yep. Case. I'll go to Paul. Hey, Paul, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, Paul? i doing some rock truck stuff. So I had it, uh, my dad's got his own company. He hired his sister's uh, husband, and he ended up getting busted looking up porn and using the company email to make uh, accounts and look up websites and whatnot. <laughs> oh, and, this was, and this was how soon after getting hired? Uh, probably two weeks, About give two, or take. Two weeks in, yeah. Okay. He, fe- he felt all settled in, part of the company. Let it breathe. Yeah. Let it breathe. Sorry, Maybe go home and won't look at porn. <laughs> yeah. And the dad fired him, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess so. You're not very good at all.
Uh, let me see here. How many glass balls did you blow today? Let me go to Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up, man? Uh, no, one day I went to uh, breakfast with my foreman. He was talking about hiring this guy. So we're sitting there eating, and he decides to look up his Facebook, and this guy's waving like a gun and money in the Facebook page. Oh. And he's like, no, I'm not going to hire him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fired before, before even being hired. <laughs> good good yeah, idea I, is to take your pictures of you throwing gang signs and fanning money off your social media before you go in for your job, right? Yep, yep. Uh, all right, let me go to one more, and then we're going to have to take a break. Uh, I'm going to go to Larry. Hey, Larry. <laughs> What's up, Larry? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, so I work for a solar company. Um, you know, we go out, we... Uh, I'm part of the technicians. We go out, we inspect the homes, see if they even qualify for solar. Um, you know, roof quality, things like that. And this information is given to every new hire, and we go through detail what exactly we do because it's not a fun job. Right. Uh, we, we get on rooftops. So we got a new hire, went through the process, explained what was going on. Uh, first house, you know, got them up on the roof. It was a little bit of a steeper roof, but nothing, you know, was on the sliding board. Uh, he ended up having a panic attack, and we had to call the fire department with a fucking truck. Wow. Oh, the poor guy. Oh, man. And, I mean, I, he was, I, I, I'm sure, listen. Well, you had to let him go because he wasn't made for that He couldn't do it, yeah. 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 But, I mean, you know, when that's anyone's funny, trying for a job and trying to get some employment and working, and obviously it's it's a tough thing. So I, I bet you he convinced himself, I can do this, I can do this, and again, he couldn't. But the poor, poor bastard. Larry, what were you were you, were you you there when it happened? No, I'm, unfortunately I was not. It was uh, one of my other district managers. Uh, oh, he, I bet, I bet they... He went out with them, and he, he ended up having to, you know, he wasn't too happy, but, you know, it happens. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Have no. The fire department. <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy cow. All right. We'll end with this text. Uh, it says, hey, guys, it's your former intern, 007 here. 007, yeah. Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah. He said, I thought that I was going to get fired when I got true drunk at a live show at the shore and woke up in a hotel room with Nick pointing a camera in my face. Remember that? He had a girlfriend at the time but hooked up with another intern. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and I spanked him heartily. Oh, uh, that's great. With a paddle and his, like, the skin peeled off his ass. And yet we kept him. Yeah. Still writing for Philly Voice? He said, thanks for not firing me. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I see him all the time. Last I checked. All right. See you all the time. Anyway, thank you for sharing the people getting fired. I'm sure Bill has fired people. I'm sure he's I'm had to. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure that he has had to can somebody for a good reason after a short amount of time. Radio is filled with strange people. You can forget that second Rolling Stone song. You're out of here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that so wasn't the reason. Maybe Bill will share a story on Talk Like Bill Weston Day. We'll find out. We'll be back in a few. Stay with us. 33 WMMR presents Concert Cash. You could win 500 bucks. Plus a pair of tickets to the MMRBQ May 21st. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10, and noon. Then 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. Listen for the Concert Cash sounder. When we'll give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or enter it on our website or app to get in the running for the $10,000 grand prize every time you play. See official rules and details at WMMR.com. 
free MMRBQ tickets and cash to blow at the show. On merch, adult beverages, or whatever you want. It's MMR's Concert Cash. Sponsored by AAA Distributor on Grant Avenue. In stock, kitchen, bath, and flooring products. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. A couple of random uh, interesting text messages uh, just came up real quick. I want to uh, pass along. There was one that said, wait a second here. Um, Oh, yeah, this one says, uh, no sad bro is Clips Ahoy today. So we did a contest quite a while back called Clips Ahoy where we were playing um, clips that you hear all the time on the show, like Nick, you know, screaming they did it and stuff like that. And then we tried to find out if you knew the origin of those clips or what they were in reference to. The weird thing is, and this is just a random text game, we were thinking about doing it yesterday. We were going to do it yesterday. And we didn't have enough time. Right. Uh, so we ended up doing Yes or No instead, Kathy's favorite game. <laughs> so that must be, their spidey senses are tangling. So we we are getting prepped for that that contest. So early, we can do it early next week because yeah. I have a list of new ones that I'm going to write. Because uh, it's a multiple choice selection and I'm going to write the multiple choices. And then here's another interesting one. It says, listening from Zurich, Switzerland. Hey. Every day. It says, funny, Nick mentioned the bike designer. I should link up with fellow Preston and Steve listener. I don't remember. What was the bike designer? So this guy, Adam, designed my son's bike. I bought uh, Ben a new bike. He, I put a clip up on Instagram. The guy saw it and um, said, hey, I'm a Preston and Steve listener. I grew up in the area and now I live in Switzerland. His name is Adam. I think Hammerman is his last name. By the way, a hi to Adam's dad because Adam's dad also listens to the show. Adam sent me a nice note. But then we got another listener in Zurich, uh, Switzerland today, which is right. pretty amazing. Hey, you know what? Uh, there's something I would like to bring up and, and we, you know, like uh, Clips Ahoy, we were thinking about right, 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 that yeah. often doing that. I have another segment that we only do on rare occasions, and I keep it sitting over here by my, you know, junk, my yeah. stuff, not my testicles. Your, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's tucked gently under my ball sack. All this stuff over here, and uh, it is Stacko Topics. Stacko Topics oh, is a lot of fun. In a while. It is a uh, it is a crapshoot. You can get, end up anywhere. Yeah. And it can be uh, very exciting. And you know what? I need to start writing more stuff down because the Stacko Topics is really not that it's, thick. It's actually pitiful. It's just when, uh, when I have an idea of something maybe we should talk about sometime that's not necessarily time sensitive, I'll scratch down a little note. And then I'll throw it in this pile. And then what? I, but what we like to do is grab one randomly. May I suggest something? Yes. Our best streak with Stacko Topics has been at the hands of the female contingent of the show. It has. So I think they need to make the selection. All right. And Marissa is filming us, so she's got her phone out. All right. So she can't do it. Kathy, wow. no, you want to reach her hand over? Okay, Marissa, you want to choose one? You can use both hands. Don't use those. <laughs> this is what they call uh, POV. With both hands, uh, oh. Marissa is hey, doing. Get a shot of your fat feet, Marissa. <laughs> uh, oh, th- this is a Marissa topic. Oh, hey. yeah. I don't think this is going to work. Oh, be honest. No. well, it's so much for my theory. It? It's something that she does. Marissa does weird things. Okay, so <laughs> she does. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that will join in on this. And Marissa, she does weird, delightfully weird things that I- only a small group of people do. I and kinda, they usually live in her building, and they go to her Pringle can parties. I kind of wrote it down just to be nice to her, just to and go, And you didn't wow. actually want it to be a right, well, say just it. Just tell I us what say it is. It. All right, so here's what it says. And then we'll have Kathy pull It up. says, have you ever Amazoned something to send someone a message? I like that topic. Okay. I All do. right. Well, let's see what we get out of it. Uh, listen, I've never done have, this. I will have Marissa explain. Yes, yeah. please. Uh, what this all means. So let her go to a microphone. microphone. She's filming. You can you can stop. Do you hear her large feet thumping on the? 
right, so. Technically, I, I'm giving you an out before I even describe it. We did right. kind of talk about this. Oh, did we? Okay. Kind of. Okay. I didn't actually do it. I know what it is because of your neighbor. My neighbor's dog. Uh-huh. My neighbor's dog barks. Oh, oh. We did talk about it. And you were did we? about, yeah, we were talking about whether she should actually send like poison. something over to yes. No, 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 not poison, yeah, yeah. Kathy. Um, I was gonna send them a little baby gate so that the dog couldn't go up to the door. Yes, yeah. okay. Like, because they have a very long hallway. So Marissa message but, Marissa yeah. wanted to see if, if you've ever sent something from Amazon or any kind of mail in service uh, or you know, online purchasing to someone to and, and do it uh, anonymously, yes. right? right? And just to kind of send them a message. Look, you need to, you know, like here is, uh, I, I don't know what a good example like, would be. My girlfriends have done it. Um, my girlfriend kind of got burned by a guy, so she just sent him a clown nose. Oh, okay. Calling him a clown. Okay. okay. And did she, did he know it was from her? Yes. Yeah, Fair okay. Much. Well, they actually murdered yeah. her parents. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, he's the kind of guy that has probably done it to a lot of girls, so okay. I'm sure he had a short list. Is he legitimately a clown? Is that his one excuse? <laughs> Not like Bozo, but okay, like all right. clown, like jerk, yeah. Um, okay. What do you think? What do you think? I gave you an out. We can crumble it up right in front of me. What are we getting text board wise? Are we getting people thumbs up to this topic or or uh, nothing? Yet? Well, can we expand this to beyond Amazoning something? Yeah, and that's what. It, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like you know, you could leave somebody on somebody's desk at work. Now, for instance, I remember talking to somebody who had horrendous breath. Right. And I um. I couldn't just say, hey, here's a piece of gum. So what I did was I took the gum out of my pocket. I started chewing it, and then I offered. I didn't want to chew any gum, but I just needed to offer this gum to this person because their breath was so terrible. This might help your horrendous breath. Now, if you work with somebody who has terrible breath, you can maybe leave some Listerine on their desk or, you know. Yeah. Subtle way of saying, yo, dude. Did you work with this person who had bad breath? No. Okay. No. Because I, I would see that as just a temporary fix if you're around someone all if the time. If you want you know something I mean? more permanent, go to HR and accuse them of having <laughs> child pornography on the computer. <laughs> right, right. Right. But that would that yeah, would handle God. that, that no. bad breath issue. It would. Yeah. It would. All right, we're getting we're getting some texts. It says I shipped someone an anvil after they wouldn't help me move despite me helping them move a few months earlier. Uh, that oh. that's from intern Ben. Okay. As you can imagine. imagine. What yeah. did he ship? Ben and Anvil. That's We're actually very clever. Okay. Uh, this says, I once sent my dog, my buddy a dog feeding schedule chart so that he would feed the dog. Sometimes he would forget for a couple of days. Okay. I love that scene in Uncle Buck when he's like, how often are you supposed to feed? Yeah, well, he had the dog for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, like twice. How many times have you been feeding him? I don't know, like eight or nine times. <laughs> <laughs> and the contrary scene is in It's Always Sunny, where they have a dog, and right? You remember that? Uh-huh. And they completely forget to feed it. <laughs> All right, let me go to, I will go to Jill. Hi, Jill, good morning. Hi, Jill, you're on the air. Jill. All right, we're having an issue with the audio. Hi, but can it's... you hear me? Yeah! yeah! Apparently, yes. Hi, Jill. Hi, how are you? Good, what's up? My sister um, has a very particular um, opinion about my wardrobe, so she sent me 30 pairs of Amazon flared leg leggings instead of my tight leggings, like that go straight down to the ankle, because she just thought they didn't make my butt look very good. Oh my God, so she sent you 30 pairs of pants? 30 pairs, to, she said, this way, you, there's no excuse. Now you've got oh, 30 pairs. That's great. Wow. wow. All right, so how do, you, how do you take that, Jill? I mean... Uh... Um, 
Well, she and I have always kind of had, like, a running joke about, like, my wardrobe. She goes to New York City. She works in New York. She's very fancy. And I'm a nanny, so I have to be able to fit Indian style in my clothes. Yeah. So then I just took I took every pair of pants that I was supposed to, quote, unquote, replace. Um, and I brought them to her apartment in New York City, and I put them all over her bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just left and went to dinner with friends. Yeah, your job requires a different kind of uh, clothing. <laughs> but yeah, she's not she liking the... Right. Her favorite show growing up was um, What Not to Wear, so she's always kind of been that person. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, you know, mustard stain here, hole there. I, <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you encounter funny. different things. You're not on the runways in New York. No, yes. not yeah. at all. And uh, high heels and me are not a friend. So, you know, she gets me flip-flops for Christmas, like six pairs every year. It's just like a running thing that we do. Well, but, at least you yeah. guys had sort of a, 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 an ongoing conversation about this. I wonder if you were out of the blue to receive something, Yeah, I, you know, as a message from, you know. No, this one's more just sort of funny, but it definitely right. sends okay. a message. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Love it. Appreciate it. Uh, here's a text that says, uh, my in-law's pool is gross sometimes. I sent cleaning supplies, chlorine, pool floats, et cetera, and I sent stuff uh, for their house, too. So I don't know if they did that anonymously mm-hmm. or just to get a message across. I don't know. Have you ever... Um, so I uh, I try to help. So my wife will lose things around the house, and I, I, I ordered the, the tiles, the, which are the little transponders you can put on things, mm-hmm. and it'll help you find things. And I, I think she lost the tiles. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't Pierre have a tile on his tile? Yeah. Like he, he had yeah. those tiles as well. And he, like, he was losing his keys, and he lost a freaking tile. Um, uh, I'm going to go next to an anonymous caller. Ooh. Yeah, that's always good. Hi, anonymous. You're on the air. Hi. Um, so my father used to tell me the story of uh, about his godfather who used to have a neighbor who would not clean up their dog's poop in the backyard, and it would smell very bad. So my dad's godfather would have a, a friend of his go over to the backyard and, and start to pick it up, but the, the neighbor caught on and told him to stop doing that. So at one point, uh, this man that my uh, dad's father uh, was friends with uh, once sent the neighbor uh, wrapped in like a, like a Teflon vest to kind of protect the smell from everybody else, but sent him a, a, a dead fish wow. wrapped in a Teflon vest. Uh, okay. And it's and, funny uh, that this was a godfather because yeah, it's straight yeah. out of the movie. It's an old Sicilian thing. Sleeps there, yeah. with the oh. fishes. But, it, that, you know, that was created just for the godfather. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh man. Well, I think that's... Uh, so that, that, but I think it, I just described that scene. Yeah, but if you guys know what, like, that that means, basically, the person's been killed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they never saw the dog again, either. <laughs> oh, man. What? That's a joke, right? <laughs> All right, I gotta go. I don't know. Okay, dude. All right, I have to leave now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right, I'm gonna go to Eric. Hey, Eric. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, buddy. What's up? Uh, so I was part of a theater group out in Jersey. Um, we had this girl that would, uh, during rehearsals, well, she just stunk to high heaven all the time, and I guess she couldn't uh. smell it. Um, so we would always leave deodorant and perfume uh, near her stuff every time she walked in. So she would take the hint. She never got the hint. So every time between between takes and everything, we'd have to spray down her clothes just so we could breathe and focus Whoa. on what we were trying to do. And was this person was this person pleasant? Like a nice? Was she, she was nice? nice? She was a nice girl, but she, I don't know why she just couldn't. She couldn't smell how bad she uh, stunk. Uh, that if you want to talk about Nose something blind. that can make me gag. Very bad body odor will do that. It's just horrifying. Yeah. But uh, people... You do become nose blind to it, by the way. Would you... 
would you notice that this stuff is being left for you specifically? I think you know you'd have I mean? to make it really like you'd have to build like a like a like a pyramid of toiletries and stuff on the on, <laughs> just to let someone know. That'd be the way to know. I mean, in some cases. You walk that fine line, though. You insult someone, or they, you know, they just get devastated. Or do you help them? Because right. now they're, right. the, they're the people are talking behind their back. Right. Uh, a couple of texts. Uh, this one says, uh, and I love this. I anonymously sent a book which is titled "How Not to Be an A Hole" to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Another one says one of my friends clogged a toilet. Another of uh, another friend, wait, another of another friend, while we were helping him move, and he went uh, and he sent him a plunger and cleaning supplies after that. Okay, okay. you know, it used to was a was a popular item for a long time. We talked about it years ago. Was the the sending the the, the crap sending uh, yeah. dog poop? Dog poop. Yeah, yeah. And there was and there was a company that would do that. Is yeah, it I think literally they got in trouble. Is it called poopsenders.com? Because it could be, yeah. Somebody texted that in. And, right, yeah. Uh, apparently they branched out, Steve, because you can do cow crap now as well. <laughs> oh, there wow. you go. Yeah, not okay. just limited to, to dog uh, crap. We will go to Rachel. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Hi. Hi. So have you ever sent something some, to someone anonymously to send I, a message? I did. I sent a uh, milkshake via Uber Eats to my sister because uh, she wasn't answering her phone. Um, she's... <laughs> <laughs> She's up at um, in at Yale doing her postdoctorate, and, and it was my dad's birthday. We hadn't heard from her all day, so uh, I wrote up. I ordered a milkshake from some pizza place, and that <laughs> Uber Eats delivered it to her. And I, I even had the Uber guy. He called me, and I was like, "Can you knock on the door? Can you look for her car?" Like, wow. <laughs> so so ended up ended up she was sleeping in the whole time. <laughs> oh, okay, so so but you you hadn't heard from her. You got a little worried, so you sent a shake so that someone physically would go to the house and check up on her. Yeah. Wow. Oh, actually, that's kind of smart. That's unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sending, you're, sending you're doing a, a welfare check yeah. <laughs> with a milkshake. Yeah, I'm from Uber Eats doing a welfare check. Wow. Why a milkshake? Uh, it was like the cheapest thing to do. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, that's it's, actually that's pretty smart. It's a little bit off the mark from what we're doing. Yeah. That's that is uh, that's very resourceful. That right is. Now. If you want to check up on someone, or what if you think someone's can, can you sort of. What if you, for example, if you think your 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 boyfriend or girlfriend's cheating on you and they're over to the house, mm-hmm. could you send the like an Uber Eats yeah, over there could. and you, and say you could, but you'd have to be in direct contact, contact with, with the, the driver Uber, yes. and say, look, I'll float you an extra twenty bucks, right? If you tell me what you see, <laughs> I wonder if people have had that happen before. Right? That's another topic off of this. Thanks for your call, Rachel. We appreciate yeah, that. Why yeah. not? Yeah. So if if you can answer that. <laughs> If maybe, yeah, you were a delivery driver who was offered a little extra uh, to see what's going on. Because at the time they're about to deliver, at least I use caviar a lot, and when that happens, the driver will actually send me a text from that driver's phone to let me know that they're coming into the area, and you could just return the call and say, by the way, when you get there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's go to uh, Brian. Uh, Brian, good morning, sir. Good morning. What's up, buddy? Hey, I, my youngest son uh, joined the Air Force a couple of years ago. He just decided that, you know, my dad's retired from the Air Force. So I'm going to tell him how easy I got it. When he was in basic training, I knew that I could uh, make it a little bit more difficult for him and get him to stop shooting his mouth off. So I sent him a box filled with every form of contraband he wasn't supposed to have. Like what? Fleshlights, uh, <laughs> rubber palaces. Uh, <laughs> you said him dildos. Wait a minute. So, Brian, this is just because 
He was rubbing it in your face about how easy basic training was for him as opposed to how difficult it might have been for you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, my God. That is, that's shutting him down, man. You so you sent him a flashlight? Yes. And so did he face any disciplinary action for that? Oh, he was pushing until he puked. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a great idea, Brian. I love that. Thanks, man. Yep, bye. All right. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. That's, uh, that's more than a jelly donut, Preston. I'm not ingenious enough to come up with a good, yeah. uh, you know, uh, dig on somebody like that. Uh, let's go to, uh, we'll try Pete next. Hey, Pete, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, yeah, a friend of mine's uh, wife, shortly after they had their second child, she started showing up. Uh, she was always intoxicated. She was always just, you know, fall down drunk at every <sighs> party. And uh, so my mom's a psychologist, and she gave me pamphlets, and it was how to uh, grow up with an alcoholic parent. And I put it in the kids' room. Oh my God. The kids were babies, but I put it in the kids' room. And I never heard anything about it, whatever. And then uh, years later, after they got divorced, I go, oh, did you guys ever find those pamphlets? And he was like, was that you? Oh. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, she accused me of that. I was like, really? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, we fought over that for years. He did, <laughs> did, did it get any result? Did she, uh, did she change her ways? No, she was a complete alcoholic and <sighs> turned to drugs and got really bad. Oh. Ended up... Uh, just disappearing one day, leaving two kids and him behind. Uh. And then she showed up uh, with another baby and asked him to help raise it. Oh, God. Whoa. And she, sure. that's, and that, but yeah. now she's straight and she actually she's actually married to a doctor. Okay. Wow. Well, that's wild that, that you left that and she thought that her husband was doing it to mm-hmm. send a message and that it led to them getting into it. That's interesting. And how odd a he drug addict would end up married to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, she, oh, she's, she's beautiful. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Uh, okay. All right, thanks, Pete. No problem. Appreciate it, man. Wow. That's wild. Uh, we'll go next to Dawn. Hey, Dawn, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Dawn. So we were talking about this. Marissa was wondering if you've ever Amazoned something so someone to send them a message, send them something anonymously. It wasn't Amazon. It's an actual company that will send a bag of D's anonymously to <laughs> oh. someone. Yeah, yeah, I got them at it's my house. D's by mail.com? Yeah. Yeah. Spelling out the, the D yeah. word for penis. Wait a minute here. Kathy, you got one as well? I got them, yeah. They're, well, th- ours was um, confetti D's. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I added the extra, con- extra confetti touch to it. I did. Um, and it comes with a big note that says, eat a bag of D's. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yep, yeah. yep. I got it. And, and, and so are these are gummy D's? Yes. All right. Well, Steve, they also have you chocolate D's. They have a, a giant sign me up. One. Yeah. They they actually have giant chocolate ones as well. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of the chocolate one. It's very <laughs> realistic. <laughs> yeah. Veins in the whole thing. That's kind of interesting. I like that. Uh, that's hilarious. All right, Dawn, thanks for the heads up. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I love that that exists. That's one of my favorite phrases. D's by mail. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a mystery for a really long time. Who did like it? We could not. It was it was a friend, and yeah. like he just did it as a joke. But like for a long time, we're like, who? That we were asking everyone, and then we were like, so, oh, did like send the D's to the mail? Did it come with a note, or was it just a bag of D's? No, it comes. I forget. It, this was years ago um, that he sent it, uh, and yeah, it's something like yeah. I think it said eat a. Bag Bag of D's. Like, I think that's what the point was. Enjoy this bag of D's. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, Imagine man. Your, your boss sent it to you. 
Uh, let's go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Mike, you're on the air, buddy. Hey, guys, what's up? Yeah, man, wanted to hear about what you have sent to someone. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm a physical therapist, and on the side, a couple years ago, I would do, like, per diem home health stuff. Right. And I had a patient, and sometimes you'd walk into these houses, and they're, I mean, they're a hoarder's homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're really getting into. Mm-hmm. And I had this one house, and it was sketchy to begin with. And I walk in, and they were just like, he's in the basement. I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. <laughs> so I walk into the basement, and there's this guy sitting in a wheelchair. It smells, it's probably the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. I mean, this guy was neglected. Oh. Um, yeah, it was it was horrible. It's so sad. He, had, he was, in, yeah, it was, yeah. He was the nicest person in the world. Um, but you could tell his parents just kind of didn't care. So, <sighs> you know, after a couple of visits. You know, I was talking to the parents. I'm like, you got to get him this. You got to get him that. <clears throat> nothing, nothing, nothing. So, like, after, like, the fourth visit and and nothing changed, I essentially spent everything I ever made off of this family through, you know, per diem stuff. I sent him clothes, soap, because he was a big VCR movie guy. He had movies everywhere. Right. I sent him movies. I sent him everything you can imagine. And then I went to go back to check up on him on the last visit, only to find out that he passed away. Oh, dude. Dude, you, you did a good thing, though. You did. You, you did. did a wonderful thing trying to step in and help. I mean, that's that's a different angle yeah, of yeah. what we were going for. But there are, yeah, people do anonymous charity right. donations yeah. it's also and, the side and, of it. and drop goods and, yeah. and, and things that uh, that people might need off. And that's yeah, a great thing. Yeah, I mean, thing. there's just, when you do home health, and I know there's people out there that do home health, nurses, PTs. When you go into some of these homes, mm. it is absolutely mind-blowing in the conditions that some of these people live. Sure. Let me, yeah. I, I, I'll guarantee you this, Mike. It makes you step back and appreciate what you have in life, correct? Oh, oh 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So, wow. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, heavy. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Uh, all right. Here you go. Here's uh, Andy who has this kind of speech. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of speaks to what uh, Marissa had initially uh, mentioned. Andy, good morning. Good morning. All right, Andy. So you sent somebody something anonymously? I did. Over Zoom, we could hear um, during learning that there was beeping consistently. It was loud and it was horrible. And it was a smoke detector. So I sent smoke detector batteries and... It didn't stop even after the package arrived to the family. They didn't, they didn't get the hint. No, and even um, months and months and months later, it is still loudly beeping. So, so there was lots of other goodies in the, the package other than just smoke detector batteries, but... Um, it, it, it didn't work. No. Not all right, at all. so I have a piece of advice. If you could send somebody over in a fake like Pico outfit, have yeah. them go in and have them take the batteries out of all their smoke detectors <laughs> and then start a fire. That oh. would be funny. It, oh. it, it drives me crazy and I don't know how anyone could live in there with yeah. it being consistent. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And here's the deal. And and, and maybe Andy you can c- commiserate with this and, and everybody here. You guys have your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in our house, and we have, you know, we have a lot of them. You know, we had Xfinity come in and set up everything. And then there's also, I guess, a Philadelphia uh, law that you have to have a particular type. And so I'll be sitting there every couple of weeks. And somewhere in the house, you'll hear, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and, you got to play the game. And you're like, you're doing why sonar. don't they... <laughs> yeah. Why don't they, when a battery goes low and it starts chirping, put a small light on that particular detector that stays solid? I think some of them do. Not mine. Not be solid. Mine either, <laughs> yeah. Steve. And it's your submarine playing sonar. You got to walk around, and then there's, there's one in this room, and one in yeah. that room, and one in the hallway. Right. You got to stand there, like like you're... it's like every thirty seconds. Okay, wait. There it is. All right, now I got to hit. Okay, it's this way. So they take two steps that way. No, wait a minute. It's actually it sounds like it's off that way because it might be reverberating yes, off a and wall. And that's what happens. And you got to play that game. I hate that game. I just Preston. There was one night, and, and sometimes like at the top, of the, the first landing at the top of the stairs, I always keep a stepladder and a case of batteries. Because uh, I'm like, you goddamn. Go take care of this. Yes. Now. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, well, anyhow, thank you for your calls, Marissa. Thank you for the topic. Thank you for choosing this from uh, Stack O Topics. It worked out. It did end up working out. I was wrong. I thought it yeah. wouldn't work out at all. Me, the naysayer. <laughs> um, we have to take a break. Coming back in a moment. Stay put. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. How about we talk to an NFL Hall of Famer? I think that'd be really cool. Not bad, right? Now yeah. he's in the world of wine, which is good to be. It, it is. A lot of success in that, uh, yeah. in that realm. Especially if it hits. Uh, and, of course, he played here uh, for two seasons. And we are going to welcome onto the program right now, Terrell Owens. Yeah! Hey. T.L., good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. How are you guys doing? Dude, we are, we're doing fantastic. It's it's great to talk to you. Where do you, where do you reside these days? Uh, I'm back and forth between uh, Los Angeles and uh, in Florida, northern Florida. Oh, wow. You span the country yep. back and forth all the time then. It's it's kind of cool. Well, to, no, go ahead. No, I mean, since the pandemic, uh, I've just been out here uh, pretty much, uh, you know, since all of that started. And, uh, yeah, i just been back to L.A. a couple of times just to kind of check on my place and <laughs> some business. Stuff and um, part of you know back and forth would include obviously uh, you know catching up with uh, you know some of the dealings with my wine and my clothing line. So uh, that's been about it. Uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish dur- during this uh, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, suddenly your schedule clears up and you have room to take care of other things. Um, it, Preston made a, an allusion to the fact that a lot of um, the people are finding success with, you know, you, you look at some of the celebrities who have gone into the world of, of spirits and, and, and their own lines. Francis Ford Coppola, the, the legendary director of the Godfather series, his wine line has made far more than his movies ever made. So I wanted to ask you, was this something that was brought to you where you're just a, a wine drinker with a casual interest? Or was this something that you said, I really want to spearhead this? Well, I think it was just uh, sort of like a casual interest. Uh, I think a lot of people that followed me throughout my career, I wasn't much of a drinker, but um, over the last few years, uh, I've been able to kind of, de- you know, kind of develop my palate a little bit, you know, for different wines and, and tastes or what have you. Right. And obviously, obviously running and, and, and making a connection with the Tommy Lasorda family um, has been, been an awesome uh, process, uh, you know, throughout the pandemic. You know, we met through some mutual friends. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been very, very interesting. Uh, I wouldn't say that I was a Somalier yet. <laughs> right, right. That takes but, a lot of change. That's okay, though. That's yeah. all right. You know what you like, and that's all that matters. 
Right, absolutely. When you think about a, a Cabernet, um, some of the, the descriptions of it would be like big, bold, and dry, except for the dry part. I wouldn't consider myself dry, but when you, when you talk about big and bold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. Uh, I, I, that, that It fits me to the T, and so I'm like, man, this might be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting just talking to, uh, you know, the, the person that I, you know, have helped me throughout the process uh, that handled some of the business fairs of the Tamala uh, Sorta family. Her name is Janice. And uh, it's been interesting, um, you know, to say the least, in all good ways, uh, for for example, and just me learning about uh, wines and, and, and notes and tastes and things of that nature. So I, I'm looking forward. I mean, we've launched it. Uh, it's out um, for people that want to, uh, again, uh, check it out. You can go to 81vino.com. And I came up with the, with the, uh, the domain name because I, I, I really wanted to play, play a, pay a little bit of a tribute to Kobe. Uh, Kobe was a good friend of mine. Um, obviously, we, 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 we lost him last year. And uh, I, I wanted to you know, kind of just have a little signature, a little note, uh, just kind of pay a little homage to him with, with, with my name. Per yeah. so, um, so it's been, it's been great. That's cool, and I like the logo too. If you yeah. take a look at it, it doesn't it doesn't overtly scream mm. your name. But if you take a closer look, you're like, oh, that's a to. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a really, really cool, cool sleek, um, uh, really sophisticated looking design. Where did that come about? Um, the logo, like I said, I, I mean, we've um, we've been working on the actual labels and things of that nature. Um, they wanted to try to surprise me and, and release and launch on my birthday, which was December the 7th. Uh, but being that I'm so particular and I've been hands-on, uh, very involved, and, um, you know, I was very gracious that they want me to be involved in the process uh, aesthetically with the bottle. And, you know, obviously uh, you go down a wine aisle, uh, you look at the number of colors that pop out to you, and and you gravitate to one uh, more than the other. Mm-hmm. And so, because we we, we kind of took a little bit longer to to really get the label to its liking, um, I didn't want to sacrifice just rushing it to market without uh, you know having the aesthetics of the bottle and all those things that you described. You talk about sleek and uh, more looks more high end. Um, that's what I wanted. So I delayed it, you know, just a bit. So we didn't get to really they didn't get to surprise me on my birthday but again i i've been a big part of this process and uh, i've had the logo um you know for a while now um and like i said that's part of the branding and that's going to be that that logo that you see on the outside of that bottle um that's going to be a logo that's obviously a uh, part of my clothing line as well okay. so the logo will end up in the in the clothing line and, and i would assume that also your experience with with the, the clothing line and and you know, listen. A lot of times, what happens is a name gets affixed to something, and it's and and a celebrity or an athlete isn't really invested. It and it, it sounds like you are invested in the different aspects of this uh, because I assume you don't want anything going out that is associated with you that you wouldn't feel uh, represented you properly. Well, absolutely, and I'm not the only one vested in this. Uh, you think about Tom, Tommy Lasorda um, and what he's accomplished uh, throughout uh, throughout the course of his career. And uh, I mean, you, you're talking about it's a, it was a perfect marriage when you talk about collect, you know combining two Hall of Famers um, in in a, in a venture like this. Um, that that stream that that really kind of screams. Uh, you know, greatness, and you you have to obviously have something that reflects in um, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, Oh, T.O., you still there? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, we lost you for a second. I'm sorry. Tio, this, this is Nick. I'm a, a big wine drinker, and I just wanted to say that that was a, it's a really astute observation about walking down the aisle and um, seeing a label that you like and gravitating towards it. However, if, if what's in the bottle doesn't taste good, uh, you're probably not going to buy it again. And I'm curious as to what parallels you've drawn from being in the NFL and um, seeing uh, a player and, and seeing him from the outside and... Uh, you know, gathering an opinion about that player from looks versus what that player actually is on the inside. Well, I think that will fit me to the T. <laughs> um, um, I mean, again, a lot of people have a lot of perceptions uh, about me. I've been portrayed a certain way, um, but I've been fortunate, again, just to be, be a strong-minded individual uh, that I've had the support of, you know, players throughout the course of the league and, and coaches or what have you. Um, but, again, that's, that's, that's part of it, the aesthetics. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, it's all about what's on the inside. And so, obviously, with my wine, um, again, I've had a lot of help with the process, you know, throughout the course of uh, probably the last six to eight months to really finalize the taste. I mean, of just, you know, when I was here in Florida, just, I mean, it, it was very meticulous that, you know, they couldn't send wines through uh, through the mail or what have you because of certain temperatures. And, you know, obviously in Florida, it's very, very hot. Uh, the same in, 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 in Los Angeles. And so, uh, again, like I said, it's, it's something that I've become very, very knowledgeable about. Uh, knowledgeable uh, about. And so when you talk about the, the, the inside and you talk about the palate uh, of a wine, when you talk about this cab blend, um, mine will consist of like a ripe uh, black cherries with uh, cinnamon stick aromas huh. um, and those with a palate of plum preserves dark chocolate and spicy toasted oak. Um, you would think that I'm describing myself. But <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's, it's Honestly, those are, like I said, the, the most the ingredients uh, of the wines. And so I'm looking forward to obviously getting to uh, the vineyard, which is uh, in uh, Paso Robles, which is in Northern Carol- uh, California, uh, to really, uh, you know, just delve off in, uh, into, into everything. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Terrell Owens who we're talking to. T.O., at the beginning of the interview, we were talking about not being known as, as much of a drinker. And I did find that surprising because you were known for living a very, very healthy lifestyle. And right. w- one of the things that, that made a lot of, you know, uh, tabloidish type splash in the, uh, uh, in the, in the papers and, and on social media and so on uh, was using that hyperbaric chamber that you use. Dude, not that long ago, I was reading a study by scientists that were saying that they're they're doing more research on those hyperbaric chambers, and it like comes close to like stopping the aging process. <laughs> do you still use that, or, or do treatments in those things? Um, I do on occasion, uh, absolutely. I do on occasion, and 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 again, uh, I kind of was like I said, very fortunate to to have a team of people that I was associated with uh, with my training, um, my personal trainer. Uh, in Atlanta, he pretty much introduced me to everybody that that helped me. Every you think back to that that Super Bowl uh, uh, run that we had, um, and obviously the injury and the preparation and the rehab that went into that. Um, you know, the re uh, the, the hyperbaric chamber was a big pr- uh, part of that process, and uh, and again, it accelerates the, the the healing process. Um, and so, when you think about 
what all it took to get to the Super Bowl, not only just, you know, the hyperbaric chamber, chamber but there were other elements to my rehab process, and, and that was obviously spearheaded by Rick Burkholder, who was the, the head trainer at that time. And so uh, I'm just very fortunate, again, to have had some of the people in my corner that directed me, uh, you know, in the right direction to, to help me, you know, obviously become the uh, the football player that I became because my personal trainer, um, I, I, I attained him and uh, acquired him in 2000. And so he was my trainer uh, after my third year with the Niners uh, throughout the course of my career. You know, it, it's interesting because I was watching a number of interviews and reading interviews with you and, you know, watching the progression over the years. And you seem right now to be a guy who's really, you know, you, you, like you, you found yourself. You, you know, you're, you're in a good, a good place. And I wonder, just by in sports in general, you obviously had and have the chops you're, you know, able to do and you were able to deliver but sports, the same things that the sports environment and sports fans will celebrate someone for, they will turn around and vilify someone for. So you come in and you have a, a, the big capability and the big personality. And I wonder, if, as you look back now <clears throat> on everything, is there anything you would have changed? Because it seems, at least judging from what I'm seeing now, that, that you're in a good spot. When you look back, how do you look at your own life? In, in in a professional sports capacity? Well, I mean, I looked at it just as that. I mean, I looked at it as life. You know, life is not perfect. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a perfect person. I wasn't a perfect football player. Um, and and all, all people, all walks of life, they're going to go through that. And so for me, um, I struggle with a lot of things. But when you talk about, you know, regret and things of that nature, I, I don't regret anything that I did. And, you know, could I have done some things a bit differently? Absolutely. Um, it's just like uh, it's, it's just like wine. We all age, and uh, you have to uh, uh, become the best version of yourself. And I think that's what I've done. You know, I'm, I'm aging like fine wine. So. <laughs> no, but I sense that. I really do. I mean, it was seeing you and, and reading. It was, I actually was smiling as I was reading about you and reading current stuff with you because you seem in a good place. And, and we, we yeah. like to see that because you, you'll always have a, a, a great spot in the hearts of Philadelphians. And, um, you know, I, I, it's good to see you enjoying life. Well, I mean, I think we, when I came to Philly, and I think that's why a lot of the city, the, the people and the fans of Philly gravitated towards me was because I felt like I, I, I had that DNA of, of all the people that live in Philly. You know, I had that DNA of hard work, um, you know, and that grit and that fire. Um, that's what I was born with. Uh, that's what I, I played with. And I think everybody saw that passion. Um, you know, it was displayed when I, when I was on the football field. And, you know, for me, like I said, I mean, it's just like a, it's just like a football game. There's going to be some ebb and flows of it. It's never a perfect game. You can draw it out, map it out how you, how you think it is going to go, but it never goes the, the way that you want it. And so for me, I struggled, you know what I mean? And I knew that perception, you know, for me, perception wasn't always reality. Right. And so I, struggled but I didn't I didn't quit yeah I heard all the outside noise I knew the perception going from San Francisco coming to Philly uh, what people were saying about me but I knew that that wasn't my truth um, that's why I was able to go on that football field and still play at the level that I did because I knew who I was on the inside regardless of what the media was trying to do for, do a, for, uh, against me you know w w with creating some of the narratives and I feel like if we were if I was in a in an era where we are now with so many social media platforms, then I would have been able to kind of dispel or dispute some of those things. Um, but I did that really 
um, by by my play because every time somebody said this, that, and the other about me, I went on that football field and played beyond you know what they were already you know trying to do with me from a negative standpoint. And so it basically quieted the critics because if I would have gone on that football field and played poorly, to me all that was going to do is validate what they were saying. Yeah, I was a member of the media and an Eagles fan and a season ticket holder at the same time. So when I saw this narrative being uh, written about you, I was like, please. Don't don't do this to my football team. Please don't do this. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to make everything implode. Uh, Terrell, I was in Jacksonville in 2004, and uh, I have a I have something in common with your quarterback at the time. Uh, I had gone out on Saturday night before the Super Bowl, and I had done a number on myself. And I had woken up on Sunday with what I consider to be a top three hangover in my, li- in my lifetime. I felt terrible on Super Bowl Sunday, and you've... Um, uh, you have been in the uh, news and social media lately talking about uh, perhaps number five uh, having gone out the, the night before the Super Bowl and maybe not feeling his best on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, again, that 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 situation uh, resurfaced. Uh, um, there, there's obviously this uh, this show that uh, 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 this guy Master I can't think of his Master Ted that's his name and uh, he has this this segment, this platform called Untold Stories. Um, I've seen it with other guys um, where they bring guys on. And, and again, it's just that untold stories. And it gives you an inside look at guys throughout the course of their careers or what have you. And some of it is, you know, very informative. It's, it's, it's in your face. Uh, and some of it is a little bit, a bit surprising. So Donovan went on the show uh, some months, probably four or five months before I did. And um, all of this, all these things that resurfaced, um, you know, Considering, I think I've met Dunn and we we've seen each other since then, uh, since we played together. And I thought we had basically, like I said in the clips uh, on the show, I thought we had squashed it. And then all of a sudden, you know, four or five months, uh, you know, comes uh, comes about and and it resurfaces. And so uh, they asked me to basically, you know, kind of, you know, I guess respond to some of those things uh, that he said. You know, so that's what it was. And for me. Um, I just try to, you know, my best to basically answer uh, the critics and answer, uh, be an answer, I guess, respond to what he was saying. But it was, you know, I never brought it back up. It would have been dead in the water. Yeah. um, But it's something that resurfaced that um, only because of him. So it wasn't anything that I brought up. I thought, like I said, I thought we had basically kind of talked and it was was between us and and that's where it was. But, I mean, just if you listen to some of the things that he said, it's very contradictory. Um, To say that, you know, um, I prevented them from running it back when during the course of the Super Bowl, um, leading the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, he was asked questions of, you know, did they need? me you know that my the, my importance to the game and he said he didn't need me so why would you need me to run it back when you didn't need me for the super bowl so these are some, some surprising things just to hear him uh come out and say after so many years and then obviously people saw the response uh, when the show came out and they basically like oh well this is to being the same old to blah 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 but like i said I never brought it back up. This was never my doing. But that is, that's, and that's, you bring up a, a great point, which is it's the nature of the beast. It's the nature of reporting. If someone has sat there and asked you a question and you respond, and then what goes out is, T.O. said this, not, you know, not saying, when I asked him, I, I led into this with this question, and it right. seems as if you just blurted it out. Yeah, I didn't offer the information. Right, right, I was right, asked about right. this. I was yeah. asked about this, and so that's what people see, and they go, well, there, there he is being what we expect him to be, but you're right, and that narrative is never portrayed a lot, and that's a lot of what fuels the way sports is reported. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's unfortunate um, that this is how it played out um, because everybody, like I said, I've, I've talked about this a number of times, but, you know, I didn't go in depth as far as, you know, uh, what had happened and what had transpired. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm human. Um, I'm not going to allow someone just to keep attacking, you know, who I am and, uh, and attacking my character. And for so many years, I knew what transpired in that locker room. I think over the years when a lot of those Philly fans, if they were on the fence about, you know, me destroying the team or, you know, me preventing us from, you know, obviously making another run at the Super Bowl, um, the way management perceived me based on, you know, really uh, Donovan's, uh, I guess, his 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 stake with the with the Eagles. I mean, um, he was a mainstay. He had been there years prior. So um, obviously, me coming back, I think, had a lot to do with his input, you know, with the organization. So um, again, I'm still cool with with Andy Reid. Um, I haven't really talked with management uh, a lot, but the way things unfolded, um, he had a lot of say in whether I came back or not. I'm I guarantee I'm a hundred percent sure of that. And had he basically said that he wanted to, you know, obviously work some things out and if we if we could have talked man to man um i would have been back but donovan obviously didn't want me back and so it it is what it is and and, and that's where things yeah. lie and I think right. over the years fans have started to see it unfold i see how you know who who was real and who wasn't yeah um, but i've always been the person you know now that i was then um i didn't sugarcoat anything i tried to do my best to like i said be quiet and not really say a whole lot but I'm not going to have a guy now, like I said, you know, I can speak up for myself. Um, I don't have any uh, anything holding me back, but I'm not going to allow somebody to just keep attacking my character. When I I went through 15 years of that. Yeah. And even said, you know, being there in Philly, uh, one of the best places um, that I've ever played. When people ask me, you know, what is the best team that I've ever played for, um, you know, and I tell them, that obviously it's between um, Philly and Dallas, and I had some of my best best career, my best plays um, with those two teams. Although I played eight years in, in, in San Francisco, but when you talk about quality of quality of quarterbacks, um, I got that with Donovan. Um, of course, he could have been better. We all could have been better. But I had my best time, and I think I identified with the DNA uh, with the city of Philadelphia. So uh-huh. there is there, when that was all going on, and uh, there was the, you know we're not behind the closed doors. We have no idea what's happening. Something to me didn't smell right the entire time, and so there was obviously the thing between you and Donovan. But man, I couldn't help but feel like there was some somebody else in there that's that was poking around that did not belong in that situation and the name that comes to mind is Hugh Douglas because he wasn't even playing for the team at the time and there was something going on with him as well and I was like why why are you why are you getting involved here like you don't play for the Eagles anymore like why are you even involved here can you uh, can you talk about his involvement in any of this stuff or, or was he not involved well, I think uh, the the organization brought him on in a capacity of uh, I can't remember the title that that day. He's like he a had. consultant, maybe. Was he a coach yeah. or okay? Um, something along those lines. And again, like I said, even the, uh, Hugh and I, we we we've talked. Um, you know, obviously, you know, things transpire. Uh, he and I, and uh, again, you know. At the end of the day, you know, I don't really discuss that, you know, uh, because, like I said, it's kind of water under the bridge. Okay. Um, but, again, at that time, I'm sure he looks back on this situation, and I'm sure he probably says, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done this, or he could have done some things differently. Maybe that's how he feels. Maybe he doesn't. 
but I think, you know, um, I think the world of you, um, um, I don't have any ill will or don't hold any grudges, um, you know, towards him. Again, like I said, I was doing the best that I could. And based on, I'm sure, his relationship with Donovan, which probably, you know, fueled some of the things that he had, you know, his thoughts or feelings toward me. Um, up, until, up until that point, I never, I mean, I didn't have anything uh, against Hugh. Um, you know, for, the, for for all I know is uh, and the experience and the knowledge I knew of Hugh. He, he played he played down in Jacksonville prior. Um, he was on the team uh, the year before. So when I got there and we had an opportunity to obviously, you know, do some great things. Um, but obviously, like I said, they had him on the team um, to at some capacity, to a certain capacity. And again, he went, I'm sure, beyond the scope of what he should have been doing um, with that title. And things happen. And, and again, it, it it is what it is at this point, but right. you know, I feel like we all, like I said, we, if we could have kind of just, you know, uh, again, got a grip on our emotions, um, really thought about, you know, thought through some things, um, maybe we could have done some things differently. But um, that's what that's a, that's really what was really what where we were uh, were at that time. So, Tia, there, there is a similarity in the city right now with this team. There's discord and um, there's a disconnection, and so I'm, I'm curious as to what your opinion is on the quarterback controversy happening in Philadelphia right now. And if you had to choose, would you rather play with a guy like Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? Well, I mean, it, you, you have to think about um, what's at stake here. And, and obviously it's, it's, it's wins and losses. And, and obviously, you know, uh, Carson is not the player, uh, you know, physically, I think, um, where he wants to be and where he was when he first came, you know, came into the league. Um, obviously, the, the injury that he sustained has really changed his game. And when you're not 100%, you know, and based on uh, the way that Jalen plays uh, and, way, and the way he's come in and played, a lot of the playmaking uh, that he's done, even when he hasn't, you know, I guess, you know, uh, read the defense uh, as quick as maybe a Carson uh, would have or what have you, his legs, his mobility has allowed and enabled him to extend plays. Whereas Carson, that's how he was when he first came in the league. And when that happens, when you have an injury like an ACL injury, and if you're wearing, I guess, I don't know if he wears a brace or what have you, your mobility is limited. When you're not truly 100%, then that's going to that's gonna affect a lot of your game. It's going to affect the accuracy. You're not going to be able to roll out freely and, and really uh, get your feet and your head and hips and shoulders around and be able to, de- to deliver the ball the way that you need to. Um, you think about, I've heard all the, you know, the, the, the justification of why Hurts uh, is playing better versus the way Carson is playing. Um, they talked about the, 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 the influx of, of number of lines. Uh, linemen and, and, and that have been in and out of the lineup. But you have to think about, you know, both of them play behind a banged-up line. Uh, but if you look at the, the difference in, in the style of play, it's really the mobility. And I think when you talk about Carson, does he have the ability to, 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 to really regain uh, the, the form and play of what he did once prior to the injury? That's, that remains to be seen. Um, but, I, again, but to his defense, you know, in, in order for a guy like that that's very, very talented, you have to have protection. Um, but, again, you have to be able to move and manipulate defenses with your eyes, um, go through your reads, deliver the ball, uh, get the ball out of your hand quick, and that comes with, obviously, game plans. And, obviously, when you talk about game planning, yeah, they're going to game plan differently uh, with Carson than they will with with uh, with Jalen because you're going to cater your offense uh, around the strengths of your quarterback. 
I was I was able to see that when I played in San Francisco, when I played with uh, with Steve Young and other uh, you know pocket pass quarterbacks, and then I played with Jeff Jeff Garcia. Those styles are differently. They're, those styles are different. Jeff Garcia wasn't in your he wasn't your pocket passer. He was able to manipulate and move and make plays with rollouts and make plays with his feet. And so I had to adjust my game based on that. And so. That's what the team is going to have to do with Jalen or Carson moving forward. They're going to adjust that game. They're going to adjust the schemes based on the skill set of the quarterback. Yeah, I can't really decide. I'm going to have to crack open a bottle of Cab and think about that. But I got pay for it. You got some. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> we could use some around here, T.O. Yeah. Listen, yeah. We, we we could go on talking for quite a while because you've got a lot to say and it's all good stuff, but we do have to wrap it up, uh, Terrell. But I just want to uh, end by, number one, thanking you for coming on this morning, and two, uh, hitting the fact that you do have this new wine venture. It is a, a Cabernet Sauvignon, for those who haven't uh, tuned in yet, and it's called 81, and I think you're going to have great success with it. You're, yeah. You're, you're partnered with a great uh, company in the Sorta family. Uh, so we're just happy to hear you're doing well, and you got you got great things, and you had a great time here in Philly, and that's great to hear, man. No, I did. I had a uh, you know I I saw some highlights of of uh, of uh, of Ertz and uh, some of the things that uh, he was going through the just the array of emotions. Um, you know, just thinking that that could be you know his, that could have been his last, maybe his last yeah. game there at Lincoln Financial uh, Stadium. And so uh, I kind of went through those same emotions. Uh, I just didn't get the opportunity to, to walk it out like he did and soak everything up. Um, but I, I, I know what, I, I knew that feeling. Um, I definitely, I could empathize with him um, understanding. Like, uh, again, I came there solely to, to, to Philly um, because number one, you know, Andy, Andy, Andy Reid wanted me there. Um, he felt like I was the missing piece to, to get, you know, uh, the city uh, beyond the four NFC and the team before beyond those four NFC championships they, that they couldn't get through. And so, uh, yeah, when I came there, um, the city of uh, Philadelphia, uh, they welcomed me with open arms. Uh, I'll never forget the feeling of just, you know, scoring touchdowns and the chance, uh, you know, throughout the stadium. That's something that, again, like I said, I, I will never, ever forget. So when you see that raw emotions, uh, when you think about, you know, how the city makes a player feel, it's really, really real. It's, it's, it's raw. It's authentic. And so, uh, again, I appreciate, you know, my time there with Philly. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, it, it didn't, it didn't last uh, as long as I would, would have wanted. Um, but I, I truly say this all the time. If I could have stayed, then I would have. Uh, it just wasn't up to, uh, it wasn't my decision to, to do that. I think, like I said earlier, uh, Donovan played a big, big part and a, had a big hand in me not coming back. And that's, that's unfortunate not yeah. only for the, that I played with, but the city. And so I think, as I said earlier, everybody over the years have, like I said, I haven't changed as a, as a person. I think everybody has witnessed, you know, and has their opinions about, you know, really whose fault it was or, or not. But at the end of the day, like I said, we all probably could have done some things differently. Um, but for me, I don't regret anything that I did. Um, I, I, I was, I was, I was who I was. Um, like I said, I, I represented, you know, not only my, my, my family, represented that 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 black and green um and that eagle on the side of our, our helmets well now you're a wine a captain of the industry of the wine industry so yeah. we we're, we're celebrating that and 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 congratulate you on the release of this uh, uh this new venture yeah we're happy for your success terrell we yeah. gotta run man thank you so much we'll talk again another time all right all right no doubt 81 vino dom you got it all right terrell owens guys okay we got to take a break. That was great, man. That was awesome. But we, we got more guests on the way, so we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. 
Hey, just in the past week, we have had an in-depth and light Zoom with the amazing Ken Burns. Our buddy Kate Flannery, Meredith from The Office, played the piano for us. We hung out with Michael and Kevin Bacon, the Bacon Brothers. I spoke to one of my idols, Alex Lifeson of Rush. Pete Holmes made us laugh. We met the newest member of the Jackie Bam Bam fan club. That would be Dan Arbach from the Black Keys. And Mark Wahlberg was in our studio. All those moments are posted now on PrestonandSteve.com. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. The B-File brought to you by East Coast Roofing, Siding, and Windows, serving South Jersey since 1979. If you call, they'll show up. All right, this is the second type of story like this we've had this morning. In Missouri, a bomb squad recovered a suspected explosive, possibly a grenade. Oh, boy. That was found by two fishermen. James Newton, a frequent magnet fisher out of the the Ozarks, said his discovery caught him by surprise. He said, I was kind of in shock, and then I was so nervous I was shaking. Newton and another fisherman found the device while magnetic fishing, an activity that consists of searching for metal objects submerged in lakes, rivers, and other bodies of water. Do you have any interest in this? It's kind of weird. I would like to watch someone doing it because yeah. they pull up all sorts of stuff like this stuff. Yeah, I no, I have I, I have as much interest as uh, uh, doing the the mag- the uh, um, metal detectors on okay. the beach. All right, yeah. It seems like the same thing to me. Uh, when they located the device, they alerted a security guard who then called nine one one. The sheriff's office, the fire department, bomb squad, and Springfield City Utilities all responded, and the bomb squad uh, apparently blew up the device. Uh, the fisherman said the pin was still in it, luckily, so I just grabbed the side and pulled it off to keep my head away from the pin. Like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A woman came... Yeah. Do it like this. No, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this! A woman... A woman came down to the scene after it was clear because she... Oh, you idiot! (laughs) Like this! She heard the explosion from her home a few few miles away. Uh, He said, I was just in my kitchen. She said, I was just in my kitchen, like, making my lunch. And then I just heard a big, loud boom. That's Karen Frazier said. I I had no idea if I was, was inside the house. It does sound super loud, like something exploded up in my yard. <laughs> uh, Newton is no stranger to finding what he calls treasure hunting, by the way. Uh, and he said, I found a couple guns here, found a chainsaws, found a weed, robot. weed eaters, just about anything metal. The magnet can pull it out of the water. I found toolboxes, found some money boxes, just all kinds of crazy things. But never in my life I ever say anything like a grenade. <laughs> I got a big magnet. I made up that last part. <laughs> All right, so a mother has a warning for every parent out there about hand sanitizer. She says what happened to her young daughter was a nightmare, and no other parent should have to endure it. Mm. It was her second day of kindergarten. The little girl set up her desk with pencils and supplies, including Aww. a fresh bottle of hand sanitizer, which was on the list of school supplies for the kindergarten class. By lunch, the five-year-old girl had collapsed. The principal called and said to get to the school immediately. The girl's mom said she was walking a little wobbly down the hall. By the time they got to the classroom, to the lunchroom, uh, she fell and couldn't sit up straight. The girls, uh, the girl was rushed to Children's Hospital from the school. Uh, her mom said she was completely out of it. I tried to wake her, and she opened her eyes briefly, and she looked at me, but it was almost as if she looked straight through me. Hours later at the hospital, the girl 
uh, came out of it, came too, but mom had no answer still until the school called it in. She had consumed six ounces of 70% alcohol. Her blood alcohol level was 0.23. So she had actually ingested it. Yeah, she drank. She was drinking the hand sanitizer. Oh, God. In a statement, the school superintendent said the health and wellness of our students is a priority. The district provides hand sanitizing stations that are available in each of the schools. In addition, students are permitted to have hand sanitizer in their desk or backpack. However, students are not required to keep it on their desk or backpack, particularly if a parent or guardian does not want them to have it. Um, there have been an increase of kids ingesting hand sanitizer, of course. Uh, it will typically have 70% or so ethanol, uh, which means that they're about 140 proof. Yeah. So is there any situation or scenario in which that alcohol can be absorbed transdermally? Where and you give you a buzz? Yeah, I, I've never heard that. Not that I, I, I know of. Originally, that's what you were going to say. Yeah, not that I know of. Um, so, yeah, be careful. Authorities caught a 30-year-old Orlando man giving an unauthorized tour of Hollywood Studios this summer uh, with a Disney iPad that let him skip the ride lines. Whoa. Yeah. A Disney fraud investigator was on alert that someone outside the company may have gotten control of a device for Disney employees only. Over the past few days, his team had noticed... And that he had noticed unapproved overrides on a Disney app used to make reservations. He said the app is used to facilitate entry into the front of the lines without having to stand in line or to wait on the line ride or the ride line. I'm sorry. Uh, The application is a private app for qualifying guests and is only installed on Walt Disney World Company owned devices. The app is not available to the public for use. Why not? On June 4th, the Disney investigator saw a man leading a tour and bypassing the lines at an attraction in Hollywood Studios. Hold it, scumbag! Uh, The report doesn't disclose which ride the man attempting to access. Uh, The Disney investigator ordered Disney employees to cancel the reservation before the man climbed on board. The investigator wanted to see if the man uh, could make would make the reservations again. So he followed the man as he left the park and went to his car. Upon confronting the man, the investigator asked him if he had a Disney device to make reservations. The man admitted he did and he handed over the iPad. By then, Sheriff's deputy was on the scene. The man refused to answer more questions, but he insisted that he did not know that the iPad was stolen. Mm-hmm. The report isn't clear where the man had gotten the device from, uh, stating someone from a company had given it to him. I found it over there. Meanwhile, a Disney investigator confirmed the $400 iPad belonged to Disney and had been taken without the company's permission. However, the investigator couldn't tell the sheriff's office which department the iPad belonged to or how the device had been unaccounted for. Uh, Disney uh, uh, apparently had not reported the iPad stolen. You, you would imagine that the second... It, it, you would have to log in, right? There's, I, a, there's some shady assume? stuff like this that goes on, I think, behind closed doors. With right. I guarantee you a Disney employee was somehow involved. Yes. And yeah. uh, that's because why it's not clear. There's got to be a log-on code or something like there's, that. Yeah. If, if, I guarantee you that if you haven't used this thing in like two minutes, like somebody's iPad or computer, it locks you out. However, I'll tell you that uh, I would have definitely taken that. Not to wait in line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the man was uh, transported from the Disney property. Walt Disney World isn't naming the man because he hasn't been charged with a crime. Uh-huh. As of yet. Play dumb. Uh, and that's a bizarre file. By the way, Steve, this is for you. Multiple times, and it always worked on those on those shows. And I 
It still cracks me up. <laughs> you get so pissed off at them not being able to do it that you forget you've put a bomb in the piano. Oh, it's the best. Uh, and do we ever, well, I think we talked about it one morning, uh, trying to figure out what that song was. And I don't remember if we figured it out or not. We did, I think, but I just don't remember what it was. So, oh, actually, I want to hear it one more time. And I love after they had a way of depicting post explosion oh. where all of his hair has been blown off. Yeah. He's a cinder. Yeah. <laughs> it's just brutal. Or just, you know, just yeah. like the whole hat brim is gone and just a little cap might be there or whatever they did. One of my favorites was Daffy Duck when he would get shot oh. blank with a shotgun and his bill would go back over his head. Or it would spin, spin around, around yeah. which was great. Uh, th- th- or it'd be try that again. Filled with holes or they, they had a way to, to change it or up every single time. He spits out the buckshot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a handful of blanks. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> According to Looney Tunes Wiki, it's Those Endearing Little Charms. That's, That's it. the name of the song. That's yeah. what it says. All right, and it was used in, are these the all-time? Uh, okay, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. It was done five times. And Daffy, we're looking at the clip pressed on the, on the screen here where Daffy does it uh, when they're doing the, uh, the, uh, the talent show on stage. Yeah, it was using the, the, the xylophone. <laughs> and by the way, pull that back up, yeah. uh, Marissa, because they didn't duplicate, because this Wikipedia page... Now, it says known uses, okay? Uh, and it's got the name of the cartoon. It's got the user and intended victim. <laughs> so uh, each time it was someone different. Yeah, uh, really. The intended victim was Bugs twice. Uh, but you had Private Snafu, who I don't know was uh, the intended victim, was Private Snafu. Then you had Yosemite Sam uh, was the user. Bugs Bunny was the victim. Uh, there was another one. Daffy Duck was the user. Bugs was the victim. Another one was Wiley Coyote was the victim, yes. and Roadrunner was the intended or was the victim. I'm sorry, uh, Wiley was the user, and then another one was Doug the Dog uh, against Slappy the Squirrel. Not familiar with those. I wonder if, all right, well, anyhow, but that's awesome. It's a great gag. Yeah. Hey, I would like to do a little thank you uh, to a mystery gift that we received today. Yes, uh, and this is from Devin. Uh, listener Devin, Devin Mayer. Mayer! Uh, and she sent us a box of Mrs. Fields cookies yeah, and popcorn and goodies. <laughs> and she wrote a little something for my favorite radio show. Congrats on making the Hall of Fame, you puds. Your sultry voices soothe our souls. From your friend Devin, enjoy. And Gad, it says Gad Nukes. Gadzooks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We will yeah. put that to good use. That was it's really sweet. sweet. I'm you adding some have, of the uh, the kettle corn right now. Didn't have to do that, and we very much appreciate it. But you can keep doing that if you want to. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get the lesson question, uh, the trash music news, and all that stuff. Coming back in a moment. WMMR proudly presents the return of Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids, Monday, May 2nd. Hey, everyone, we're back, so get your ponytails ready for the chopping block. It's for a great cause, Wigs for Kids. Their mission, helping children look themselves and live their lives. Two locations this year, Gravity Hair Salon in Plymouth Meeting and David Arnold Hair Salon in Jenkintown. Make sure you have at least 12 inches, preferably 14 inches of hair to donate. And with what's left, the amazing stylist from Gravity 
City and David Arnold Hair Salons will craft you a great new do. All donors get a gift bag of products from True Beauty Concepts. So go to PrestonandSteve.com for ponytail guidelines to ensure you have a minimum of 12 inches, but preferably 14 inches of hair to donate. Then make your appointment to join us May 2nd. Kathy's Cuts, benefiting wigs for kids. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. I was just about to to grab the uh, stacko topics, as we call it. Yeah, I jot down stuff from time to time. Aren't necessarily uh, time sensitive, but stuff um, that you want to get to at some point uh, eventually. And I have this little stack of scrap paper, and uh, and there's just topics. And sometimes we go in and just pull one out and see what's there and, and roll with it and see I, if we get something out of I it. I like doing this. I do too. But mm-hmm. right before we did that, Casey. Brought something up that I might want to explore first. If you are with that, I okay. Yeah, I'm going to have my hand on the rewind button just in case. Just in case. Okay. So Casey <laughs> thinks that Kathy is doing something on purpose to annoy him to specifically get under my to skin. To specifically get what under his skin. What makes this week any different than <laughs> yeah. anyone? And therefore, Wait, and, the- and therefore, he poses the question: What is it that you do at work? A little thing. Uh, to just annoy your uh, a specific coworker or something along those lines. So give yeah. your example, Casey. What so are you talking about? My example is uh, our parking lot is different now, right? Everything's changed, and there and I had noticed. It's different. It, well, I had noticed yeah. a little while back that there was a part of the parking lot that nobody was using early in the morning. So I, I instead of parking where everybody else was, I ended up parking in this one spot. I was able to back in nice and easy. And slowly but surely, mm-hmm. people have started parking there. Andy down the hall started parking there, and and so and I'm, you got mad at her because she took well, the parking so spot. So I'm I'm kind of over exaggerating my annoyance with this. Right. But I'm like I'm like why? But you I'll, called her a bitch. I did call her a bitch <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> no. Um. And then there's another guy who's brand new here. He just started parking in my spot, and so now I, I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve. So I come really? here and I talk to you guys about it. Kathy is now parking in this part of the parking lot. And I saw it earlier this week, and I'm like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And then today, specifically, she parked in my parking spot. Doesn't have my name on it or anything like that, but, you know, it's my spot. And I was like, do I say anything? Do I acknowledge this? Are you doing this on purpose, well, Kathy? Well, so, so before we went on the air, he, um, he goes, you know, so is this purposely being done to get under my skin and we all you know whatever we kind of laughed there was no like he wasn't really asking a question right. he was just kind of making a statement and then right before i put my headphones on i went yes <laughs> <laughs> um, but no in reality okay so i parked uh, i i normally park uh, next to steve I, I like that parking spot and yes if somebody takes it it's kind of annoying there's 900 others that you can choose from so it's, yeah it's not nobody's here bad. when we get here yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's the not, act it's the yeah. best of times yeah but yes so Casey did start parking there. Now, um, as I was coming in, uh, you know, throughout the uh, uh, the mornings or whatever, I just I like you know I, I want to go over there and try that parking those parking spots because it's a little bit difficult where we park to back into my spot. I like to back into my spot so I can like peel wheels out of here. Yeah, you know? you're a backer in yeah. <laughs> Right, so I'm a backer in It's a little bit difficult over there because when they redid the parking lot, it's a little smaller. The the spaces are a little bit yeah, smaller. Yeah, they completely poorly planned it. Right, exactly. It's terribly planned. Uh, so I thought, let me try where Casey goes, see if it's easier to back in. It's way easier. There's more room. So I was like, okay,
okay, great. No, everybody's going to park there. No. Wait, so, so, but no. so I come in today, and, like, I just pull in. So so what, across from you, Casey, are three spots. One of those was open earlier this week. That was great. I was like, cool, this will be my new parking spot. But those go quick, I yeah. guess, when people get here. So I pulled in this morning, and I pull forward, and then to go, go to back in. And I don't really, like, pick a specific spot. Like, I'll sort of just back in and yeah. whichever spot I land in, I land in. Right. One of the 900 that are available. Yeah. That are available, time, yeah. right. So this one, there were uh, two cars on either side and I just kind of perfectly, the way my car lined up, I pulled in right between those two spots, but I guess that spot wasn't taken because it's so. Casey's spot. Yeah, <laughs> it's my spot. I should put my name on it. But no, no there, Casey, there I once... didn't, hold on, I yeah. did, but I didn't, sp- it literally was out of convenience and ease of backing my car in. That was the reason I didn't do it because to get under your skin. I wouldn't be surprised if you did it for that, which I'm <laughs> I mean, in all reality, like that. I mean, that's a funny, that's a funny gag. <laughs> that's a funny gag. If you're doing a, like a, a little dig, okay. and that's what people do. Like, I know that they're like, you know what, man? I know that this isn't that big of a deal, but I know that so and so hates it. Well, when somebody leaves a coffee stirrer on the counter, so I'm going to do that every freaking day because I hate that person or because I want to <laughs> annoy that person. Let me go to an example. I have Stephen on the line who can concur. Hi, Stephen. Good morning. Hi, guys. I just wanted to let you know I love everything that you do on your (laughs) 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 Kathy, it was just like Ronnie said. That's fantastic. Thanks, man. All right, so what what do you do at work to purposely annoy somebody? My coworker is uh, very forgetful, and they they attach one of those tile key finder things to their uh, utility knife. Yeah. Because they they're always losing it. So every once in a while, they come in a little later than I do to work. I'll, I'll take that knife and I'll, like, hide it deep in some papers or something. And I always love, <laughs> like, when, when when they come in, right. I always hear that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she didn't know where it was. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little thing and you get a little bit of joy out of doing this. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah, no, I hear you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Here's a text says, I have a very pushy coworker who thinks uh, she is always right and tries to control every person's desk. So I move things that she oh. has moved just to annoy her. <laughs> she will move things around. I'm, uh, here's another one that says, uh, I make certain people, and they have that in quotations, Repronounce words in English, even though I know there are, uh, even though I already know what they're trying to tell me. That's what Dave says. So he's, he has them just. That's kind of uh, having something have them them repeat something just to be an annoyance. So okay, I never thought of that. I think you probably do a little bit of what I do as well. Sometimes, if you're like uh, my thing, if you ever hear me say, "Excuse me, come again." Uh-huh. That's usually me saying, "Why are you? Why are you bothering me?" Yeah, you know. Yes, like, I've seen you use yeah, that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because a lot of times it's it's a. Um, like, why are you bothering me? Like, like for an example, if I'm sitting and my back is to you and I'm I'm riding away, if I were to come to somebody's cubicle or something and they were riding, I would wait uh-huh. until I saw a pause. Or excuse me, I'd say. Yeah, I wouldn't just start talking. Uh-huh. You know, and it, it's listen. I'm not, I, I don't want to murder someone because they do it. Yeah, but I will. But I will let you know. Yes, it is a slightly yep. dicky move. I, I I admit it, but it's just like, could you accommodate me here for a second? Uh, by the way, somebody says that they uh, they play a 12 hour video of the sound of bees at varying low levels. No, <laughs> oh my god, at work. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> that can cause you to go out of your freaking mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me go to Matt. Hey, Matt. Good morning. 
Hey, how's it going? Uh, long time caller, first time listener. Oh, uh, you, you did it the other way. Yeah, yeah. What's up, bud? Uh, so in the shop where I work, um, my armrests come off of my rolly chair for breaks. <laughs> and all the guys that I work with, they take the armrests and they hide them around the shop. <laughs> so about a week ago, I went to the local hardware store and bought two uh, like padlocks, and I put them through the chair, so now they can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> So you were on the no, other end. They were they were doing it just to annoy you, and now oh, you've yeah, had the last. Knew it was driving me nuts because it's my right. favorite chair. So right, right, all right. Oh, thanks, you, you you know you listen. Talk about the, the thing, and it's, it's a slightly off topic, but I mean, when you have a chair at work that you like, like Preston, you know your your chair, right? Oh yeah. Someone asked with it, you're like, who's touching my goddamn chair? Do you remember when we had the old conference room down the hall here, and it had all those bobo chairs in there? Oh my god! I mean, like, yeah. They, they had they had pieced together these leftover chairs. Yeah. None of them matched. They all had. And if I came it in, it was like a Whitman sampler. And of I chairs. didn't get a chair that didn't have the armrests on. Uh-huh. I was just, I just would sulk. Yeah, <laughs> would just sit there and sulk. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Chair <laughs> needs to recline and doesn't have any armrests. That's on why it. we were having the meetings over by the fanatic. And those those chairs that had, they were horrible. Oh, those chairs horrible. were terrible. No Every bad. meeting I had there was living hell. Mm-hmm. So years ago when I worked at NBC10, um, I used to battle with this girl. Every morning we would get in about the same time. And uh, what I was doing at the time, working on the news desk, there were a number of computers. And nobody really had like a set spot. There was like the main girl that was at the desk. She would have right. her spot. And then the others, you sort of just grabbed as you arrived. But they kind of became like yeah. it was kind of standard where understood. You, yeah, so yeah. I had a specific computer and I would face the main girl. That way if she needed anything, she kind of just moved her head, would tell me to do something and I would, you know, could quick get it done for her. Well, this other so this girl starts uh, you know, this new girl starts and all of a sudden she's getting in like, you know, like it would be like 30 seconds before I would get there and she would take my computer, wasn't my computer, mm-hmm. just like Casey's parking spot and I'm like Oh, well, you got to be kidding me. So then I started coming to work like five minutes earlier. And of I was course. Like, I'm going to get my computer. Well, then she started coming to work five uh, minutes no. early. She went, but I'm not even kidding you. Like, we didn't have to be there until nine. We Both of us were getting there at like eight o'clock at one point. So we could get the, new, the computer that we wanted. It was so irritating. No, I, I get it. And, I, and you feel like a, you feel like an idiot for being that way. But I, I, I understand it. And at a certain point, it's like... It's a quality of work and quality of life issue. And then if you add in the element that, okay, you son of a bitch, <laughs> it becomes it becomes your mission. Well, and the computer that was left over was the one, it literally faced the door to the studio. So you saw nothing yeah. but a door. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, no, that, I can't this, have that. I've told this story before. Uh, it didn't have to do it with work. It was school. There was a teacher. It was a um, um, Spanish teacher who just wasn't. A nice guy. I, I didn't mm-hmm. like him, and of course, I'm an idiot student. You know, I'm, I'm right. So at the, and we were the last class of the day, so it was seventh period that I had him. <laughs> and so when we would leave, I would st- start stealing the erasers for the chalkboard. Oh, the old eraser stealing. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's a classic move. And I did it every now and then, and uh, he eventually caught on to it <laughs> and had addressed the class yeah. and said, you know, was waiting for somebody to admit it. Yeah. Of course, I never admitted no, why it. why would you? But it was that little, and uh-huh. I got such satisfaction out of that. I did. It was nothing. Yeah. I mean, all he had to do was go to the supply closet right. and get more. They probably cost five cents, you know? But it was your but little it was protest. My, it was my little thing. It was yeah. you jumping up on the, you, on the on the table with the norm, with the strike. Yep. You know, it's, it's your normal moment yeah. <laughs> let me go to steve good morning steve you're on the air good morning guys how are you good what's up buddy um so i work at a shop and um there's I, i'm a sander and then there's a builder 
So every time the builder would walk away from his work area, I would walk over there and I would take any tools, screws, anything that he's using, and I'll put it on the floor. <laughs> every single time he comes back, he's got to take all the scrap up. He's cracking up. This is ongoing, and it's never going to stop. Steve. They're going to have to fire me in order to stop. Are you you guys, do you get along okay? Is this just fun, or do you not like the guy? He does it to me, too. He does all my crap. It took me 20 minutes to find my tools. So there are, that's a different shade of this. It's similar if you're doing it to rib each other. I like it more if you don't, I don't like this. Well, going back to high school. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, well, the, the, I wasn't the, 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 Going back to high school, uh, you know, uh, you talk about that. Uh, there was somebody I didn't like. So yeah. I, I had, <laughs> uh, I had, um, he just, it was a quick flash temper. So I'd say, hey, man, great game yesterday. He wasn't on any, any. Um, oh, seriously? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's no team? Right. And so I, I had, I had other, I had other people going up to and, and I, I oh totally forgot, and I'd set this in motion. And then one, and one time I'm at my locker, I swear to God, I hear like from hall to hall down, "I'm not playing any sports." Brilliant. Great game yesterday, man. Here's what? a here's a text that says, uh, "I purposely follow one guy at work around all day and ask stupid questions, hoping that he'll fight me so he gets fired." Oh my god! Wow. Okay. You know, we've talked about. So many variations how that one person can just screw up. Now, oh, people yeah. can obviously be really bad and, and, like, you know, really doing aggressive things. But the little thing, like, where's my mug? Yeah. Where's my this? Yeah. But, Where, you know, that. That, these, can, that can really be insidious. Most of these are, like, fun little, yeah. you know, like, you know, hiding the tools or putting the things on the floor and stuff like this. But, like, there's got to be people out there who are doing it to piss somebody off. Like, I knew that that girl was showing up five minutes early to piss me off and get that desk. Right. Did you ever talk to her? Did you ever confront, not confront her, but did you ever... I think I did. I think yeah. eventually we did talk about it, and I forget what happened, but it, we ended up getting put on different schedules, so it was fine. Would there have been a case to be made for seniority? Would you... Would you even... Well, yeah, that was the thing. I yeah. was like, listen... Yeah. New girl. Listen, new girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what that happens a lot with is... Um... Nurse, nurses. Um, nurses? Oh, we've yeah. talked, Case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nurses are very combative. There's usually a queen bee. Oh, yeah, yeah from, really? From what we hear. You know what? Yes. Yeah. That should be a uh, the next Confessions of a uh, Ooh, series. Yeah. Because you're right, Casey. There are so many good stories there, and the, yeah. there's often contention between the nurses and the doctors. Oh, and really? Nick, it was actually from, I think it was maybe in the New York Times or something, but it was a survey that said the of the uh, toxic... Yeah. Environment. Mm-hmm. So many nurses experience in Preston. You're, you're, you know, it is that pecking order. It's that Queen Bee vibe. There's a pecking order, yeah. and like, why? Well, you know, I've been here the longest, so these are the vacation days that I want, and, and this wow. is the schedule that I want. Yeah. All right, maybe we'll do that for for a uh, confession uh, session sometime. Ooh, that's the name for a confession session. There we go. Write that down. Uh, I'm gonna go to Brian. Hey, Brian. Good morning. Yo, buddy. Yes. Very enthusiastic. I love it. All right, Brian, I love what I'm reading here. Tell your story. All right, so uh, I work at an industrial supply company, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like being annoying, and I do it all the time. But okay. um, So we start our trucks in the morning, and then we go and we load everything. Well, if it's hot out, people will turn their air conditioners on. Well, I'll turn them on the heat. But now it's cold out. When they turn the heater on, I'll turn the air conditioner. Come on. That's just his little thing, man. <laughs> I like to that. Go with something, to go with something that um, uh, 
Steve was saying, when I was in the high school, I had a teacher that I did not get along with. He was a tech ed teacher. So um, he was off one day. So I hot glued all his uh, hot glued all his tools into his cabinet. <laughs> so when he came in in the morning, Dude. he went to pick them up. They were all hot glued. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I yeah, love it, Brian. I hear Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. He remind thanks you too, bud. Uh, he remind me of something that, that was uh, fun to do with your friends back when cars were a little bit different, and you could, without having to turn on the vehicle, have access to be able to turn the radio up. And yeah, the wipers. So, we, so we would turn the radio up, yes. turn the wipers on, everything could come on. Turn the air conditioning on, yeah. anything that you could set uh-huh. ahead of time, <laughs> go and turn that ignition on. It was yeah. the best. Yeah. I, I miss those it. times. I do I too, you man. know, to me that that's to me something that ports to the current situation is, um, and it cracks me up. The rubber band around the spray nozzle on the sink. Oh yeah, it's that's just stuff. it's a home run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Chuck and I would go grab lunch, I would make sure, especially not especially, but only during the hot months of the summer, I turn the heated seats on for him <laughs> because it took a little while. You don't realize. Yeah, you just ignore. What's going on? Yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah. bit warm, and yeah. then after a while, like Jesus. <laughs> my ass is on fire right now. <laughs> it happened to my my father-in-law. They were taking like this four-hour-long trip, and he was just—he thought he was running a fever. And they had to pull over and get ice cream. Oh my god! Oh my god! He seats. He seats. He had no idea. <laughs> he was burning up. I'm really for concerned. Hours. <laughs> he was worried that he was getting sick. I, I mean, this oh, is uh, god. It was similar. It wasn't it? But uh, we had Thanksgiving dinner one year, and obviously after. After the meal, you start to go, oh, I'm feeling Somebody at the house, you know, one of the kids turned the thermostat up to like 98. <laughs> and they're sitting there like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to go to Tom. Hey, Tom, good morning. Sorry for bothering you guys at work. Nah, okay. no such thing. But all right, so what's something you do to annoy somebody on purpose in the, uh, in the office? So a few years ago, one of our buddies was upgraded to instructor, so... He had that great big coffee mug that you used to have. Uh, I guess it's like a Yeti nowadays. Mm-hmm. Every time we'd go on break, we would either lower the amount of coffee to the last sip in his cup or we'd <laughs> fill it to the maximum amount. Oh. Come back and randomly be confused and frustrated that he didn't know how much coffee he had. Oh, that's great. Months and months and months. That's great. I love that. Nice. For months. And he could man, did I drink did all I that? Drink all- <laughs> what coffee? What's happened? Steve, there was a there was a um uh, an episode of MASH one time and you know they were always uh pranking each other. Yeah. And uh it was Hawkeye and BJ. They were taking Frank's clothes yes. and they would tailor them uh to make them too tight <laughs> right. or too Am tall. I putting on weight? Yeah. Am I getting taller? <laughs> doing that. I love it. Uh let me see. Here's text says uh uh, my boss uh, hates MMR, and when I turn the truck off, I crank up the volume and change the radio presets all to WMMR. Thank <laughs> you for great. that. We love that. We approve that. Uh, let's see. We'll go to, um, and some of these are, are just pranks on people, yeah. but but that we got started by th- something you're doing purposely to annoy someone. To annoy just someone. get under their yeah. skin and maybe not know that it's you doing it. Uh, let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up, buddy? All right, look, I'm a truck driver, and this, this other driver, it's a pretty big company. You know, we drive for a dump truck company, and he was leaving bananas on my car. So, <laughs> you know, just the appeal. I don't yeah. know why he would he would put it on my windshield wiper, like, and then put the wiper back down on it. <laughs> so, 
so I would go into work every day, and I, I would lift the air up in his seat and slide it all the way forward. Yeah. I would tilt the steering wheel down so he physically could not get in. Get in. <laughs> <laughs> and he caught me doing it one time. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? I said, well, you're the one that eats bananas. I figured you like climbing. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, so, maneuvering uh, the chair. By the way, here's, here's a perfect thing. And, and when, when someone borrows your car, my wife is very... She's tiny. She's tinier. She's not, mm. you know. When she borrows my car, she does not return the seat to its original position. Right. And I get in and I almost snap my neck because you don't because you don't. Yeah, know. you don't know until you get, try and get in and sit. But it is a good practical joke on somebody if you're trying to just get back at them is to just adjust the seat. Oh, man. You, you know, you're so used to it and being a certain way. There's a caller up on the line. I, I wish I could have understood how this worked, but they said every time one of their employees would go to use the bathroom, they would blow an air horn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John's taking a dump. <laughs> Let me go to Brett. We got a break in just a second here. Brett, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, darker, darker, darker. There you go. What's going on, bud? Hey, guys. So about 10 years ago, I was in the Air Force uh, stationed at McGuire over in Jersey. It's actually how I started listening to, to you guys. And if people were being a dick or, you know, you know, annoying you at, at work. You need to wear a hat when you go outside if you're in uniform. So we would take people's hats if they'd leave them laying around and put them in blocks of ice and freeze them <laughs> or hide them places. So that way you can't leave the shop, you can't go out because you're in uniform and somebody's going to get up, get on you if you're not dressed right. So that was just a real fun way. And yeah, so, so you, you'd, you'd, nobody can get to you. you'd freeze it. They'd get penalized if they weren't wearing it. So it wasn't like they had an option. Exactly. Yep. So That's so great. People would, so people would bring an extra hat with them and keep it in their car. And keep it. <laughs> That's not case. bad. That's not bad. I'm sure the military has perfected the art of oh pranking each other because there's you're, you're you know especially in boot camp and all that you're in close quarters. And, Full Metal yeah. Jacket had a funny one where the guy's asleep. Yeah, and you put bars of soap in a towel and, a towel and, and, and beat him, yeah. beat him yeah. within yeah. inch yeah. of his life. Yeah, oh my it's, God. it's so I funny. mean, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> it's funny. So I guess your best bet is to maybe not uh, wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah. So don't let everybody know exactly what annoys you on a uh, consistent basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It, you know, it's kind of like with kids. It's like if you if you just pretend like your brother or your sister's not bothering you, it'll go away. Well, uh, it's kind of like greatest... sound clips here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't let Steve that it, know it bothers you. Yeah, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep hitting him anyway. But the, the uh, yeah, don't don't give the person any indication that what you're trying to do has landed. Yeah. And then you kill it. It's wait back to the sound clips. It is so hard though because it's one that I don't like I'll, for like a while. Which one? Like, don't, no, I don't know, but I'm just saying if it's one, I'm like, don't say anything, don't say anything, and then I I can't. I'm like, I hate that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I as Kathy's doing the news sometimes, and, and I'll see out of her, her eyes, she'll see <laughs> my, my index finger? finger start to go over, and I can see her start to smile. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm looking for it. Yeah, here we go. Get away from me. <laughs> this one during sp- uh, sport. Whenever she's talking about tennis, tennis. or a home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Get away from me. That's her. <laughs> Get away from me. All right. Uh, so let us take a break. We'll be right back. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right. And this month's band is Kara Kara.
Kara Kara, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. There's something I wanted to mention. This came out actually a couple weeks ago, and I never got to it. Uh, but I'm going to pass some of this information, and then I have a follow-up to this, okay? So this is um, the best countries report. The best? So, okay. So it's a yearly ranking. Of it's released best countries. But it's released by U.S. News and World Report, BAV Group, and uh, the Wharton School here in uh, at Penn. Um, so what they did is they, they evaluated 79 nations using 76 different metrics or attributes, taking into account how countries are perceived, economics, military presence, education, quality of life. All these things are taken into effect. Right. Uh, more than 17,000 individuals from 36 countries spread across Asia, Europe, and the Middle East, and Africa were surveyed. More than 10,000 of those surveyed were informed elites, they call. I don't know what that means. It means you get a T-shirt. Over 4,900 were business decision makers, and the rest were considered general public. Uh-huh. Uh, there were a number of new metrics added this year's in this year's report, including... Racial equality, commitment to social justice, adaptability, the commitment to climate goals, and so on. So I'm, I'm going to give you a few of these because they're, they're broken down into categories. Um, and then I got I, I have a follow-up uh, list. Which that, country weighs the most? That I'm going to uh, run, be Russia, run right? by you, right? You would yeah, think so. Area. Mass alone. They got a lot of ice up there, too. But in, in the best overall country category, I just have the top five in these, by the way, and I think it said it was 79 countries. Uh, but number one is Canada. Uh, number two is Japan. Number three is Germany. Number four is Switzerland. And number five is Australia. So these are the overall winners. And there are other winners. Do they have a big ceremony where all the countries gather? Different categories. I don't know about any. So yeah. Not this year. Okay. They, they yeah, because of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the countries go to a place in the, uh, you know. South Pacific. So they break it down to things like quality of life. Okay. So quality of life, number one was Canada. Uh, number two is Denmark. Interesting. Number three, New Zealand, someplace I know we all want to go Yeah, to. it's beautiful. Uh, number four I is... I mean, that's where they shot Xena, Warrior Princess, Preston. Uh, and the Lord of the Rings. And the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, number four is Sweden. And You've num- been. Uh, I have been. And uh, number five is Netherlands. So I don't know what they mean by quality of life. I guess just... Access to meatballs. Enjoy. <laughs> There's plenty of that. In Sweden. Yeah, Swedish Sweden. meatballs. Uh, so, um... These are always vague, sort of. I mean, they have general descriptions and, and general... Uh, it depends on the parameters, like you said. The parameters you laid out are, are you know, they... they there'll be nuances that they tick up and down in. But they it, it, these same countries seem to fall in the same upper tier uh, in all these lists. Uh, yeah, but Canada, for the first time, uh, that's the first time they've ever taken uh, number one. That's because of Tim Hortons. Uh, and they moved up from number two last year to first place. Um, I'm not sure who had first place last year or not because Japan is second place. But let me give you a couple more of these, and then I'll, then I'll get to the meat of what I wanted to mention. So cultural influence. Uh, number one is Italy. Two is France. Three, the United States. Uh, number four is the United Kingdom, and number five is Japan. So number one for cultural influence is Italy? Italy. I interesting. I would have thought the United States because yeah. we are such exporters of pop culture. Same. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah However, we, we, they do a lot of pasta. We follow Europe in a lot of things. Like they, they always have it first, and we're well, kind of they also, to that. but they're also very, they're very focused in on the United States as well. But True. Kathy's talking about fashion, food, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I do wear That's a lot of Italian fashion, mainly European uh, yeah. influence, especially food. Uh, then you have um, adventure. Best to visit. Yes. Um, so number one is Brazil. Ah. Interesting. Uh, number two, Italy. Number three, Spain. Number four, Greece. And uh, number five is Thailand. You were going to go to Greece, right? I'm supposed mm-hmm. to go to Greece this summer. And uh, we're going to Carfu, which is an island um, on the west side, the west coast. Um, and I was thinking about trying to maybe go to Croatia afterwards. My wow. wife has been to Croatia and thought it was magnificent. That's what I've heard. Yes. All right. In the category of power, the United States is number one, followed by China, Russia, Germany is fourth, and the United Kingdom is fifth. Mm-hmm. And then the last, and there's another one where the U.S. comes in first place, but I don't understand it. Agility. Yes. Mm. For the well, country. Every well, we year, like, every country <laughs> runs an obstacle course. Right. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, the country <laughs> obstacle yeah, course. Yeah, the country <laughs> obstacle course. It's like American Ninja. United but States. With entire countries. <laughs> is first, then Australia, then Canada, Germany, and Singapore. It's kind of a dumb category. Agility. Is, <laughs> well, what, what, what is we a, own it. What is it? A sobriety <laughs> test? Uh, Ability to adjust on the fly? You know, I, I mean, we're doing a really good job of getting vaccines out, right? So is that. Um, so, does that speak to agility? Um, twerking? Twerking. Twerking. Probably yeah. twerking. <laughs> even consider that. Which country twerks right. the best? So that leads... All right, so this sets this up now. To this. So right. this, is a, this is a list that I saw on BuzzFeed. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of lists on BuzzFeed compare... Um, we'll, we'll come up with comparisons between uh, Europe and the United States or the United Kingdom and the United States and so on. And, and they'll, they'll be like, you know... This thing is considered weird in the UK, but right. it's normal oh, here. Yeah, yeah. Or vice versa. But I like this one. It says people are sharing things that North America does better than Europe. So we and, finally are doing something right. And you can take it or leave it. And I thought this the would eyes be of the nice. stinking world. Okay. And some of this is from uh, the eyes of, of people who are not from here. And some of go. it, I think, comes from, from people who are from here. So It's okay to be proud of what we're doing, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And to appreciate what other countries do, too. I, I, I hold no like I love pasta. shame in admitting that some countries do things better than the United States. I don't in any way, shape, or form think we're the greatest at absolutely everything. No. But there are some things that are pretty damn awesome. So, uh, and and it's some of this is outside of the box thinking, too, okay? So, I'll give you this first one. It says, whoever this respondent is says, I would say cartoons. Uh, I have a hand, I have to hand it to you guys. Your animations are brilliant. The Simpsons, South Park, which always has me questioning, did I just see that? And the King of the Hill for what I call assassination humor. So they have no uh, no point of origin, no country, or the, the person that said this? Not for the respondent, no. Just some guy. Uh, it's subtle, subtle, subtle. You suddenly uh, get out, out, out of nowhere, bam, you split your sides laughing. Yep, you guys have great cartoons, I'll give you that. You Yanks like, have great cartoons. That's mm-hmm. historic, too. I mean, like Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera yeah. and yeah. Mickey Mouse, you know, we've been doing that well for decades. The only thing I can think of... Well, I mean, you have, I mean, cartoons, if you want to go with animation in general, you have anime out of uh, Japan, Asian uh, uh, nations. And then I think uh, we got the Smurfs from France. Yes. Right. Belgium. I I believe it's Belgium. We've we've never forgiven that. Um, So they were a huge hit. All right. Here's another respondent said blues and jazz. Yeah. I will forever be indebted to the United States for blues and jazz. No question. 
that music, that, that popular music was clearly the United States was a huge influence. You, you can hear all the, all the blues uh, uh, influences in early rock in the United Kingdom. The British bands The British loved invasion it. was all Absolutely. stemmed from that. Uh, and uh, jazz, I mean, the greatest jazz players ever. You know, it was, it, it, it was the, its origins were here. Yes. You know, so I will definitely get on board for that one. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, it's not a physical thing, but North America does optimism better. Really? They said, I lived yeah. in three countries huh. and three continents so far, including Europe and North America. And there's something in the air in North America that instills a sense of go for it in me. That's the uh, when you describe the American attitude. The and I, I think I consider myself an, an optimist. You know, it, it, and some people do well being glass half empty. You know, I mean, it, it, yes, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, whatever works for you. I've always subscribed to a notion of optimism. Uh, they said, as vague as it sounds, I found that in the EU, the idea of doing something on your own immediately leads to a sense of. No way that will work out. So this person thinks that we. It's like that. when uh, when uh, um, you know when you watch the crown and, you, and you're seeing the, them all say, "Remember, this probably won't work out." Right. <laughs> Very uh, inspiring. And feel free to add to these if you want to. Two one five two six three WMMR. Okay. Like Churchill's, this is probably not work out. How about this? Uh, and this one refers to Sweden. Uh, this person says talking. I visited the U.S. two years ago, and people were so friendly and talkative. I can't recall the last time someone small talked with me in Sweden. So remember, we had those Swedes come by and yes. stay with us a couple of years Did ago. Did you find we, that was the case? Five guys, and they flat out said that. They said in Stockholm in particular. Really? Like people are so icy cold, they don't want to engage with anyone. And it might be a fear of just speaking to strangers and getting in on their business or them getting in on yours. It's not necessarily to be rude. But they were saying how refreshing it was being here with people who want to engage in conversation or to, hey, you look like you could use some help. Let me come over and help you out, you know? It's, it's it po- Good. I'm sorry. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do on the street. When I'm walking down the street and I see somebody kind of... I'm going to go annoy them. Yeah, well, I feel like half the yeah. time I do. But they're looking at their cell phone, trying to, like, look up a restaurant. Or even if they're just looking at menus and trying yeah. to pick a place or sometimes they have a map. I love just walking up and saying, like, hey, can I help you? And... Nine times out of ten, they'll actually say, I'm good. Um, But everybody always smiles and says, no, but thank you for offering. I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting, and and I've had that experience in our fair city, and and I can concur with that, that that I think that, that that's very rife here in Philadelphia. I've had visitors in from out of town, so I'm going to go show them around town. Right. Walk around, you know, uh, City Hall, the main area, Center Liberty City. Bell. And um, on, on each occasion, strangers will come up. Like at one time I was pointing up to Billy Penn, and I'm telling him about the statues yeah. and the height and the, and the so on. And the guy comes up, he's like, you know, they got one at the top of uh, uh, the Comcast building. And I said, yeah, dude, I've seen it. And and we started talking, and they started talking to my guests. I'm like, yeah, they're from out of town. And they started sharing their bit of information as well. They wanted to talk that's and nice. engage, and I thought that was really that's cool. A, that's a quality of life. Philly, Philly gets the, the rap of being a, a hardened, difficult to deal with city. No. I, I see it as people want to help you out. Yes. My brother has done extended stays in different parts of the world, and he actually... He's on the lam. He, no, he actually got lost for hours through the night, was up throughout the entire night because there was nobody. He was in Prague. There was no one who would help him. He was lost and there was nobody <laughs> who would help him get back. And he said, so he said that it was like, it was amazing 
how how they they didn't talk uh, talk about no small talk. He he was just simply asking for directions, and nobody would help. They're 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 um, leery of yeah. other people. He was in Prague. In Prague, okay. Yeah, and he he said I'll uh, he he enjoyed his time. The reason he went over there, he said, was was absolutely amazing. But he's like, it's not a place I would really ever want to go back to. He could wow. not. No one would help him find the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why yeah. he, he was ignoring him. But you know what? He, American. He well, and he's Eiffel so Tower. He is so friendly. We always laugh at him because yeah. if somebody has an accent, he immediately is drawn to them and becomes best friends with him. His wedding party was like he had somebody from Spain, someone from Ireland. Yeah. Uh, someone from South Africa in his wedding party. It's very cool. Talk about friendly, overly friendly. Go somewhere with Casey sometime. Yeah. Oh, it- so over the uh, last weekend, I went into Lowe's. He had to get some stuff, and and I, I, I yeah, I'll go along with you. He, he swung by my house, so we, so we went in. And Casey's at uh, Casey just wants to make people happy. Yeah, and so he's engaging with the woman at the checkout counter. This older woman who was just not. Taking the bait. She she didn't want to have a chit chat. She just wanted him to go. But Casey did not give up. And he wasn't being annoying about it. It was like, hey, how are you doing today? You know, asking these questions. And she just wanted to get her day over with. But Case wouldn't stop trying, ma'am. He, he just did he crack to... her eventually. No, did they get a hotel no, room. She never, she never gave in. Listen, Friendly I normally don't do this. <laughs> you sweet talked me. Yeah, you whippersnapper. But yeah, I'll drop my panties for you. <laughs> You know, if if you're wearing a name tag and it's got your name on it, yeah, Casey will say. Oh, it. he's all in. <laughs> hey, Janice, how are you doing today? Oh, it's beautiful out today, isn't it? Great. And she's just going. Can you just give me? I need to. I want to check. Well, you out. Casey it. does it authentically. He I, does. There are people who do it to make themselves feel better, as opposed to you know, like I'm going to try to brighten, be a bit of sunshine for this person. Oh, got it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. No, they, they do it In for themselves. In other words, they're, they're doing, they're, I'm going to be this great person I, I'm, as opposed to I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want, Casey does it authentically. I'm such a ray of sunshine. I'm going to improve your day by saying hi to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. you've never, you've never gotten, I, I you've never see. been with someone who's trying so hard that it's so obvious it's, it's, it's a show. No, never. never. Somebody who's well, they're good for you, that man. They're, that they're doing it for themselves. That they're doing it. They're, they're they're putting on a show as opposed to they really want you to. Feel I don't know better. how I could tell the difference. Oh, you yeah. could tell the difference. I have an really? example. Sometimes it's at a like at a restaurant. Yeah. Some people will say to the server, "Oh, well, what's your name?" Oh, Preston, how's your day going? They'll kind of go over the top when the server just wants to get yep. to the table and leave right. and move on to their next table. Yeah. But yeah. I have started asking servers, you know how. How are you today? When they ask you how you are, right. and a lot of people are surprised that I've asked them. I always and do. People, are you engaged in conversation? Yeah. And when people come by to do stuff on, I don't. I, I let them do their thing if they're coming to do some work on the house. But I always engage. I always ask if they want something to drink and just say how's everything. You know, so that you, I can't stand that. You know, uh, well, you're working for me. Thing. It, it to me, I can't. You know. Yeah. You you do it in. in, in it's just general courtesy, you know? Yes, basic human feelings. Yeah, you mean something to me here. All right, here's uh, here's another observation. Uh, someone says Americans on average seem to have been brought up to have more self-esteem and confidence. Uh, it can be annoying at times, but generally I think it's a good trait to have uh, to live a more fulfilling life. I don't know where they're from, but uh, they had no yeah, them. I'd really be interested to see where they're coming from. Yeah, I've just, just got their names, like uh, Humatoya. Toya. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't they're... help me. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, here's another one that says, uh, cars give you the right of way when you're walking and let you go. Oh, yeah. That's like everywhere 
but here, or they're saying here? No, they're saying here. Uh, well, I disagree. Go, goes Maybe. along with the outward friendliness of U.S. culture, which I like. In California, perhaps, but not, not in here. New York City. <laughs> not New York, no. Uh, well, the, 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 in, in Manhattan, perhaps not. Like, uh, But there, we, 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 are, we are taught more... Uh, certainly in European countries, you will find a lot more uh, willingness to run you over. Although I think I was almost killed several times a day when I was in Barcelona. Like they, the 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 pedestrian situation is, no, you just wait till we go by. Because they have, not only have they cars, they have like the little um, mopeds or whatever they are. And those definitely have the, or think they have the right of way. I don't know if they actually do or not. Right. Uh, now with a place down in, in the shore area, I found that uh, well, pedestrians... They're uh, first. Yeah, they're absolutely oh, yeah. first. Yeah, yeah without Down the question. shore is different than here. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, they clamp down on even when you go into Wildwood. That, you know, um, they you 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 go one or two miles over the speed limit, the s- and they're going to nail yep. your ass. 25 yeah, on because the Because they have a ton of pedestrians. Yeah, the speed mm-hmm. limit and pedestrians, I mean, you will... It's not like Barcelona. You will get pulled over right away. All right, this other person says one thing that um, um, America or North America does better than Europe is theme parks. Says Cedar Point is the best place in the world if you love roller coasters. And we still haven't been. I believe that. Yeah. And we could do that if we went in and broadcast in the Rock and Roll Hall, Rock and Roll uh, Museum. Oh, yep, oh, we yeah, we got to do that. Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one says you have uh, conventions in like every state. It seems. <laughs> While here in Denmark we have zero. So they love the fact that we have conventions, and there are conventions. That's funny. Every we have damn everything. good conventions. Can't wait to get back to conventions. Yep. Uh, here's another Kathy, one. That, you're a Shriner. From a European that says, uh, the way they provide a tall glass of cold water as soon oh. as you're seated at a restaurant. In Europe, they're way too into bottled water and fancy water. And you got to ask for I it. I just want to chug some tap water. It's so refreshing. Wait, and, they're, and it's tiny. When yeah. If they do give you water, it's the smallest glass, and it's like a shot. Yeah, might, stop, stop the pompous water portion. Yeah. So you might not get ice with it. However, I do, I do like in Europe that they serve everything at room temperature. Uh, I do like the warm. I you're do like room regular t- room temperature water. Yeah, you're room temperature. Well, guy. and in Europe, you, they charge you for everything. Like, they charge you for the bread, sometimes Ketchup. for the water. They charge for you for everything. asking. <laughs> they charge you for bread. Oh yeah. Wow. Wait, it's it's a scheme. Like when you're in Italy, they'll put bread on the table, and if you don't touch it, then you won't get charged for it. But if you take a piece of bread, then they'll charge you. What for if it. you simply touch it and don't eat it? I don't know if they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they wouldn't know. Stick you could do it. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, they may know. Touch I don't it. know though because so when when I was in Italy, the limoncello after dinner, I refused it, and the guy looked at me and he was like, "What are you talking about? No." And he's like, "No, it you you have to." But it wasn't. We were you were never charged for a shot Look, of limoncello. Mario, after don't tell dinner. me what I have to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but it was like I was insulting them, and that was I. Rem- it was like one of the first days we were there, and so for the rest of the trip, I just. Took it and handed it to them. It's weird, though, forget. what they get insulted by. Because yeah. we had the, the, there was a a, a, a a waiter came over to the table, and I called his wife a filthy whore. And he, oh, was, he was offended by that. Yeah. Uh, here's one that says, in America, or North America, there's much less of a class system. Most jobs are respected or romanticized in some sense. Huh. Hmm. Uh, another one stated, representatives of American and Canadian businesses understand the ramifications of bad word of mouth and generally... Try hard to prevent it from happening, one customer at a time. If you are unhappy with a purchase, you simply return it and you get your money back, right, Kathy? Yeah, my God. No questions asked. It's true. Uh, If the movie you go to see disappoints you in the first half hour, you ask for a ticket to a different movie. I've never done Uh, that. I've never done that. What lunatic country is saying this? I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe this one. Sumparian is the person's name, so I'm not really sure. Sumparian is Latvian. Uh, No, but they said that, uh, yeah, they understand that... um, 
word of mouth, good customer service yeah. yes. is important. It means something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this person says, uh, as far as North America doing things better than the, than Europe, says, I have to mention superheroes. Batman, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, X-Men, Superman, and, of course, Captain America. The Europeans don't have anything to compete with that. <laughs> so, for me, I've always said that, in many ways, superheroes would be akin to the, the, the knights of, um, you know, of uh, the round table. Right, or, right. Or Arthurian legend, okay. or things of that nature, or samurai legends in Japan. But we, on a pop culture level, we crush it. Okay. Uh, here's another one that says, the U.S. Railroad Network, Railroad Network is in many ways superior to that of any other nation. What? So keep in mind, there are a lot of people that travel by rail in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so it says, everybody just thinks it's crap because it takes forever to take the train somewhere. Yeah, it does. But that's because a few million tons of stuff has higher priority on the rails than you do. Oh, so freight, we do well, but passengers, Europeans do much better than okay. we do. Yeah, but if you're a hobo, you get the boast of both worlds. Europeans and uh, yeah. Japanese. I mean, the, the rail lines in those two countries, uh, you know, I, I envy them. I would love to ride one of those fast trains I, I in have. Japan. Oh, not in Japan, but yeah. in, in Europe. And it's, you you know, you can go a place in record time. It's, it's yeah. great. Yep. Uh, another person states, and some of these are, are interesting. Ice cream flavor variety. Yeah. Yeah, we do pretty well with that. <laughs> really? Oh, my Com- God. Compared yeah. to Europe? Yeah. I mean, you know, you right, have I don't a, know. a gelato place and, uh, you know, you get standard flavors. Yeah. But uh, we, we've we done quite well with the ice cream over the years. And the number of brands that make ice cream and the number, you know, 31 flavors and Ben and & Jerry's and all of it. It's and funny they, for all the flavors. Sorry, I'm still, I still revert to the two basics. <laughs> and they don't tend to do, like, we were talking the other day about putting too many ingredients yes. in ice cream. They don't right. typically do that with gelato. It's just a single flavor. Right, right. Uh, so I said, uh, seriously, my English friends are always amazed when I tell them about the varieties of ice cream <laughs> in the United States. Uh, and then just two more quick things. One says uh, public toilets or the availability of toilets in public places. Hmm. I do remember being in France. I went, and I went there a long time ago. And yes, to use a public toilet... I had to actually put coins yeah. in the slot to get in. I mean, in a mm-hmm. restaurant. Yeah, you still do. Yeah. I went, really? Yeah, yeah, I went to a bathroom near um, the Louvre when, when we did the broadcast from England. And uh, my girlfriend and I took the train over. And I remember it was like, you know, like five pounds or whatever, or five francs. And yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's a dollar to go to the bathroom. That is inconvenient as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we were Going back to my earlier thing about taking a dump on the street. Yeah. Well, we were you, you know where it. you belong? France. San Francisco. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's where you need to be. Uh, they're, they're cleaning it up, though, now you're here. What were you going to say? Uh, no, I was going to say you're not like you're not ready for it. If you don't have the change right. on you and you're like, wait, I just wanted to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being stuck and like, ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, and then one last thing. Uh, it says making websites like Reddit, which is where this list came from. Yeah, so. knock it off. I'm kind of surprised that uh, National Parks did make the list. Cause... It did. Oh. It actually did, and I apologize, Nick. I looked over that because that was from someone from North America. It said, National Parks, I think we have some of the best parks in the world. And they set the model for other parks around the world. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, Yellowstone, I believe, was the first national park anywhere, and there are 62 or 63 in our country, and Canadian parks and, and uh, European parks are modeled after American parks. A lot of people in Europe like our modesty about our national parks. Yeah, well, a lot of people from Europe and around the world come to our national parks for that very reason of coming to this country. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, one call, and then we got to take a break. I'm going to go to uh, Justin. Hey, Justin, good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. How are is your morning going so far? It's the go- weather is beautiful today. <laughs> hey, that's Thank great. You. What's the current What's temperature? The like? <laughs> so I studied abroad in Belize in Central America, and we had a, we part of our curriculum was was kind of a, a cultural education, and the book that they had us read explained something that may be contributing to the the willingness for small talk uh, throughout the world. Um, in, in equatorial countries where the growing season is extended almost year-round, there's not almost any urgency to harvest food for the winter because there really is no winter. Okay. Um, in, in, you know, as, as you get north and south uh, in colder climates, there's a real urgency throughout the growing season to get the food in. And, you know, this kind of dates back to when when there was a lot less grocery stores around the world you know okay. food was available when it was available. i have no idea how you're going to get to the point you're trying to okay. make but go ahead <laughs> sorry uh, it's all good as as we're walking through the street in colder climates there's an urgency and less willingness to have small talk on the street yeah when and you're when freezing we, your balls off you don't stop and yeah. chat say, say that one more when time. you're freezing your balls off you don't stop and chat all right so exactly exactly so the, yeah the caribbean divide the caribbean divide that i was uh that I was studying and everybody was willing, you know, I got African friends who are always late because they're talking to people. Right. So ah. that, that small talk, that factors in. I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot more things going on there too. But, All right. Yeah. Know. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Thanks, uh, Justin. I appreciate it. No I guess maybe you the, like Thank you're you. more likely to meet people around areas where they're handing out free stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, these are kind of uh, axiomatic. All right. Uh, Well, these were, this is from Reddit, uh, uh, things that uh, North America does better than Europe, and uh, it's a a wide study. I guess people contributing on this Reddit. uh, It's a nice reminder. Yes. Of what you love. All right, let's take a break. Come back in a moment. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. It's brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. This is pretty messed up, man. Four people uh, died in Calabria, Italy from carbon dioxide inhalation on Saturday after they tried to save one another from the fumes given off by their homemade wine. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, I'd never heard of anything like this. Two brothers, Giacomo and Valerio Scafano, 70 and 50 years old, and father and son Santino and Massimo uh, Carnaval, uh, 70 and 45 years old, died from inhaling the gases produced by a vat of fermenting grapes in the cellar of their home. This is the way Kathy wants to go out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, police say the family had gathered to stir the wine and transfer some of the homemade alcohol into a set of oak barrels. Uh, Valerio Scafano had been making the wine at home while under house arrest for the crime of stalking, by the way, according mm-hmm. to police. Uh, it is unknown which member of the family was first to enter the cellar But all four of the men were found dead underground by emergency services. A 36-year-old woman thought to be the daughter-in-law of one of the men was responsible for raising the alarm before she, too, fell unconscious from the fumes. Uh, She was resuscitated at the scene by firefighters and subsequently transported to the hospital uh, where she made a recovery. Now, fermentation, of course, is the process that 
turns the grape juice into wine. Over time, yeast will consume the grapes, uh, natural sugars, and then produces alcohol. But along with that, a byproduct is a considerable amount of carbon dioxide. If you've ever been to a brewery, yes. when they're brewing beer, they, all this carbon dioxide is bubbling out and you need to have a well-ventilated area. The carbon dioxide fumes sink to the bottom of the confined spaces. It's heavier than uh, the air and can be extremely dangerous as they are colorless and odorless, meaning inexperienced winemakers, particularly those who make their own homemade wine, can easily be caught. So they had nowhere near the ventilation they needed where they were. And they had no idea it was happening because they couldn't (laughs) tell that it was was just all of a sudden you start getting dizzy. Yeah. And then, you know, if you try to start making your way up the stairs, you're gone, man. So that's pretty wild. All right, proof that dinosaurs still roam the earth. There's video of an alligator that must be the size of a pickup truck eating a smaller alligator, which itself is kind of big. I saw the clips of this video. Uh, It was posted by a guy from Horry County, South Carolina. A lot of whores there. Who says his pops filmed this from their backyard in the swampy low country. The clip picks up with a smaller gator Already well inside the larger one's mouth, looking quite dead and getting munched on in slow, eerie fashion. The massive beast takes a couple of chomps at it before his meal is making its way down his gullet and it quickly disappears. He swallows the whole thing. Now, the weirdest thing is that the little gator yeah. is supposedly six feet six long. Feet long. No. Yeah, I saw so Preston. What? We're looking and I at the video, you look you you're looking for something to compare the size of the larger gator to. But even without that, you're looking at a Enormous head. Yes, uh, I so, mean that—that that is as prehistoric looking as you can get. Yeah, they're saying according to the Twitter poster, he said that the the little gator was about six feet long. So um, this thing's got to be like fifteen feet. Yeah, and that—that that, that's happened. You've definitely seen him that big before. Uh, so uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know if they've <gasps> tracked down the gator or even if they need to because he's just doing. But it's. Cannibalism is well, eating. That, that's time. what kills me. I mean, there are human cannibals, but there's something about nature. I'm going to eat this ex- my exact yeah. species next to me. Yeah, it's pretty wild. No. All right. Uh, this is a much lighter story and interesting, though. One, a 40 year old Honda motorcycle with zero mileage on it has been rediscovered and is up for auction after the disapproving father of its first teen owner had banned him from riding it and locked it away in a storage bin for decades. So it's in mint condition. I mean, not, nothing. It's never run. never been run. Wow. Uh, this is somewhere in England. So the 1981 Honda CB100N was bought brand new by the youngster in his youth while he lived with his parents. However, his boyhood fantasy of riding a motorcycle never materialized because his strict father banned him from riding it. Instead, the machine was left to language in a in storage for the next four decades. After his father died, um, the unnamed owner, who is now in his 50s, was tasked with cleaning out his house and stumbled upon this old but immaculate bike. He agreed to sell the time capsule Honda to a neighbor uh, named Graham Tozer, who has now put it up for sale at auction. Oh, it's got to be worth a lot, right? The odometer displays the exact mileage of a mere four-tenths of a mile. <laughs> wow. uh, Mr. Tozer said uh, he was born uh, in the house and spent all of his life there. When he was a youngster, he really wanted his own motorcycle, but when he bought brought it home, his dad wouldn't let him ride it. Like, he saved up for this to buy it, but his father said, you're not going on that. You can stick it in the shed. And apparently his dad was really strict. He was ex-military, and he was the boss of the house, and it just sat there for all this time. First motorcycle I ever rode was a Honda. Nice. You know what, Steve? Oddly enough, uh, the sale of the estimate is, uh, the estimate of the sale is only like $4,000. <laughs> 
which I find surprising. And you look at the bike, and yeah. it looks old. It's it, of a real old design. It's a it's a cool design. But it's, it's cool a design that's meant for burning your legs on the exhaust pipe. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Uh, but that sucks that his dad never let him ride it, man. Bastard. All right, one last story. Uh, nobody's going to forget this newlywed uh, married couple's first dance. A videographer in the U.K. was filming the dance recently when a man's voice can be heard over the speaker saying, uh, Spencer's ass looks so fat right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Apparently, a microphone left on a table picked up the comment. Uh, in the video uh, clip, laughter can be heard. Uh, the TikTok user who uploaded the clip captioned it, what happens when you leave the mic at the head table with the best man during your first dance? Oh, my Spencer's God. Spencer's ass is incredibly fat. And the bride's mother looks like such a slut. Uh, the video quickly went viral of the incident. People who are unaware of whether the wireless mics are transmitting. It's the best. And those stories are great. All right, and there you go. Your bizarre file for this morning. We'll take a break and come back in a second. Make sure you stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, here's your concert cash keyword. All righty, here we go. MMR's concert cash. This hour's keyword is laugh. L-A-U-G-H, laugh. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that keyword in one of three ways. Via text to the special contest short code 45911 or to also be entered for the $10,000 grand prize. You enter that word via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry gets 500 bucks in this company-wide contest and all MMR winners will get two free tickets to the MMRBQ on May 21st. Winners will get a call from Beasley, so if you get a call from an unknown number, make sure you pick it up. Could be someone telling you that you got 500 bucks. Contest rules at WMMR.com. Sponsored by AAA Distributor. Laugh is your keyword for MMR's concert cash. Let's get into the Hollywood trash now. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's takes great satisfaction in getting that perfect meat slice. But they don't do it for fun. They do it for fresh. Because slice to order makes a sub above. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Kelly, 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 Kelly Clarkson's ex-husband, Brandon Blackstock, get this, will be receiving a quarter of a million dollars a month in spousal support. Blackstock says he needs the money to pursue his hobby, which is burning large wooden crates filled with money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Holly Madison revealing that her time with uh, at the Playboy Mansion with late husband Hugh Hefner often left her miserable. Madison says that no matter how great the perks were, there would always come that point in the evening where she had to, quote, suck the rope. Oh, hey! Dear God. <laughs> and finally... <laughs> oh, my dear God. That's a terrifying image. Yes, it is. It's in my head right now. <laughs> Chris, Har- Chris Harrison, who's paid millions of dollars on his contract for being let go from the basher, says he's not holding a grudge. Harrison says there's something liberating about not coming home from work smelling like semen. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All right. There's a new documentary that's coming out on Nat Geo, and uh, his memoir, Into the Deep, is available at Amazon.com. He's a legend in the world of finding missing shipwrecks. The Titanic, just a little one you may have heard of before. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the list goes an amazing life. On and on. Please welcome Dr. Bob Ballard. Yay! Yay. 
this morning. Uh, Good morning. There we go. How are you, sir? Well, I'm not under the water right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your comfort zone under the water, I guess, right? Well, you know, when people call and I don't want to take him, my secretary says he's in this submarine. He can't reach. <laughs> There's really no way to argue that point. It's it's an honor to have you on the show. I mean, we're massive fans uh, of of what you do and and the uh, you know the incredible research that you've done. And I wanted to throw this right out at the beginning because the, the amazing thing is, and I heard this said recently. You know, I've been taking a, a deep dive, no pun intended, into a lot of these you know uh, ocean research shows and specials. And um, in, in a lot of the people who do this, and maybe you can um, uh, echo this, it's actually easier in some ways to explore space than it is to explore the ocean. Well, yeah, it's totally dark. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. You know, they, they, they say, what's it like? I think it's like going in the Rocky Mountains at night with a flashlight and a snowstorm. That's what it's like. Wow. So, uh yeah, it's pretty, it's hard. It's totally dark down there, and light doesn't go very far. Well, listen, uh, Doctor, how would you, if, if I know that the, the idea of, of being adventurous like this and searching for these long-lost items um, is appealing to some people, but it, it also seems like a Herculean thing to ever even be able to find yourself in a position to do that type of thing. If you well, have... I have a special gift. Okay. I, I'm dyslexic. Oh, really? And it really works for me. I can do things you can't do because I have my, as you know, dyslexic brains. You know, my book, Into the Deep, I go into the personal side of my life for the first time. And I explain, I didn't know I was dyslexic until I was 60, I'm 79 in a couple of days. So it was late in life I learned. I knew I was different. I knew I walked a different path in life. But I didn't understand how I was able to do what I did until I learned that I was dyslexic and, and went into the research. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's why I'm able to do what I'm doing. It's a very special gift if you go underwater in my profession anyway. So, yeah, it was uh, It's really – I'm not lost down there. I know where I am. Well, it's interesting because some of those things like, you know, ADD and those – Things that that sometimes provide or, or prove to be roadblocks in some ways can be assets. So you're saying dyslexia has benefited you? What absolutely? Can, yeah. Because I I can form our way my our brains work. Our neurons are wider space. So we were you know the worst thing that was ever invented in our life was the printing press because then we shifted to reading. We're not good at encoding and decoding, uh, and that's that's a, that's a. a a disadvantage in that respect, but our visual abilities are breathtaking. I can I can stand in my command center on the ship where I'll be in a couple of days, take in forty five different monitors, like standing in your production facility, and then forming a mental image underwater, and I'm fine. Well, it's <laughs> it's astonishing how the tech has developed, and I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, and all of that, and you obviously have a singular gift for what you do. Um, and, the, and when you first discovered the, the wreckage field of the Titanic and knew you had gotten it, compare the technology you use during that to what is available to you right now. Yeah, that was like two cans and a string, you know. I mean, uh, no, I mean, I'm really spoiled. What I have now is autonomous vehicles. I have wolf packs, you know. I can send down packs of dogs yeah. and, and, and hunt. 
Uh, no, it's, we're moving to where we're not physically there. I have a command center a few minutes from my house where I can go in it, and I'm on my ship. In fact, wow. in a few days, I'm turning it on. So you want to go to NautilusLive.org, and I'll be on board the ship, and we'll be out playing. And you'll be able to literally step aboard our ship 24 hours a day because we get our vehicles underwater and we hammer it. And you can stay with us all the way up to almost Christmas. Bob, I'm sure you've told this story a million times, but when you found the, the uh, discovered the Titanic, you had to search for two um, uh, subs that had sunk. Yeah, I had another job. Right. <laughs> and that was that was through the U.S. Navy, right? And so you found yeah, them and there's I, this, this, I, this deal? Sir, yeah, I served 30 years in the Navy as a naval intelligence officer. We lost two submarines during the Cold War, the Thresher and the Scorpion. And in the case of the Scorpion, it had nuclear weapons, and we don't like leaving them around. Yes. And so I was sent out to track the, the weapons down, check the status of the reactors and all that, but not have the Soviets target me with a satellite. So I needed a cover story. So I told my commanding officer, uh, who was uh, Vice Admiral Ron Thunder, uh, that, you know, we needed a cover. And uh, President Reagan actually stepped in and thought it was cool and supported the whole thing. But anyway, got to read the book, Into the Deep, because I go through all of what I couldn't tell people at the time because, you know, I was a Cub Scout, Boy Scout, Explorer Scout, Army officer, Naval officer, told to tell the truth, and I had to lie. And so it's really <laughs> nice to... It's really nice to get this out, So, and that's the purpose of the book. Let, let, let me ask you, as someone who's just you know proactive and obviously an incredible underachiever, <laughs> always has something going on, um, What sitting down and reviewing your life and picking out the elements you want to relay, was that easy for you, or did that require a, a, an extra skill that you had to develop? I had a really great a collaborator, his name, Chris Drew, who wrote a seminal book, Blind Man's Bluff, about the secrets of the Cold War. And so I, New York Times, investigative reporter, the whole enchilada, and then National Geographic through this amazing team. And this was a group effort, but it was somewhat like laying on a couch for a year <laughs> and uh, uh, confessing to a lot of things. And then, no, it was a real, uh, you know, when, you know, with the they say when you get a lemon, make lemonade. This gave me an, the time to really go deep into my career. I don't normally have that kind of time, so I actually took advantage of it. Plus, I'm still able to operate my ships without physically being on them, so the pandemic didn't slow us down. That's astonishing, and obviously we have the, the it dovetails with the Nat Geo special, which I'm definitely going to watch. I'm definitely going to get the book, but I wanted yeah. to ask you, uh, all right, so you have the Bismarck, the Lusitania, yep. the USS yep. Yorktown. I didn't find the Lusitania. Right. I wouldn't ask a fisherman where that was. Right. Right. to be truthful. Uh, he said it's over there where we lose all our nets. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what So what of all of these things, it just seems like you've, you've had your hand into, in, in, in so much, what is there anything out there that still exists as a holy grail for you? Oh, there's lots of stuff, but you know, you know, my biggest discovery was not the Titanic. You know, I knew, you know, it existed. It was discovery of new life forms that told us where the original life on our planet began. That sort of trumps Titanic. Yeah, and it also opened up the door to finding life elsewhere in the universe. And in fact, within our own solar system, we're now confident we're going to find life on the moons of Enceladus, of Saturn, and and Io of uh, and Europa in particular. That's a moon of Jupiter. We we believe.
believe life's pervasive throughout the universe. And that discovery of hydrothermal vents and these crazy creatures that can could replicate photosynthesis in the dark through a process called chemosynthesis was my biggest discovery. That's for sure. Wow, that is that that's amazing. It's astonishing because you think about it. There's there we know that there's water out there. I mean, would would a, would a um, let let me ask you if you had your dream if you could like dive uh, a. Um, what we believe to be water on some of the planets in our solar system, what planet would you like to dive if you could be completely hypothetical? Well, no, a real one. It would either be Europa or Enceladus. But they have more water than our planet. Their oceans are vast. See, the moons of Saturn and, 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 and Jupiter sort of like have their own little solar systems of, of moons, but they the moons actually have... Uh, ice canopy like the North Pole, but in the case of Europa, we think their ocean's 60 miles deep. Ours is only seven, you know? Jeez. So they have vast amounts of water there, and they also have underwater volcanoes. We, we're pretty confident of that because of the way they orbit in an elliptical orbit. It stresses them and causes volcanic activity. So we think we're going to find hydrothermal vents and life on these moons in their oceans, and NASA's hot on it. Well, the Arthur C. Clarke in the 2001, you know, in, in, the, in, his, uh, in his short story, in the, uh, the Stanley the Kubrick lab. Film, Yeah, <laughs> that was where they thought uh, that's, that's they, hypothetically, they conjectured that's where life would be in, the, in our solar system. But it's, it's fascinating. We were just talking before this about uh, Jeff Bezos going up, um, you know, into into space, and now the option and the possibilities existing more and more. What about you? Is that is that something you're uh, that's on your bucket list? You know, I, been... I, 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 here's the problem I've got. I just got another reason for doing the book is they they gave us a mission, a new mission. We know that 50 percent of the United States of America. Half our country is beneath the sea, and we have better maps of Mars than half of the United States. So I think we need to reorder our priorities. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to know what I own, okay? And, and, yes, yes. And we have vast amount, and we're heading out to sea to begin fundamentally working with NOAA's Office of Exploration. It's We've been really tasked to do the second Lewis and Clark expedition, but since our team are 55% women, we're calling it the Lewis and Clark expedition. <laughs> That's great. And we have all the faces of America in our core. Where it's, a, it's a group operation to make history. And again, another reason for doing the book was to put 65 years of expeditions behind me so I can clear the table for this amazing new journey that begins July 3rd. What, what, uh, what are the biggest obstacles you face in, in surveying underwater areas? It's big and it's deep and it's dark. <laughs> you know, so all those things that, you would imagine. You know, yeah. yeah, just get up. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's gnarly down there. The largest mountain ranges yeah. are beneath the sea. There's canyons where we're going that make the Grand Canyon look like a ditch. Wow. So, so so it's 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 really complex underwater terrain, you know? It's hand-to-hand combat. Fortunately, I was trained before I went in the Navy. I was a combat infantry officer trained during Vietnam, and so I know terrain. And I'm a geologist, and I'm dyslexic, and they all fit together. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonderful... I'm 
excited that I'm dyslexic. Most kids aren't. Did you know the the vast majority of people in prison are dyslexic? No, I did not know. Yeah, that. we we trash them. You know, we trash dyslexics. We make them feel stupid, ashamed of themselves, and they're a resource. I mean, look, it costs more money to incarcerate a kid than to send them to Harvard, and they only go there for four years. A kid gets put in prison because they can't compete in a non-dyslexic world right no you gotta focus on this resource no right. I, I i've heard that a lot and and, and it's uh it's it's an amazing thing and it's an amazing thing to consider so here you well, are m- more the majority of millionaires are dyslexic mm. wow uh, self-made millionaires because we operate out of the box we don't like the box it's the rules in there are not friendly right so hey, we, how, we're entrepreneurs we're Artists, uh, look at uh, look at the architect people. That, you can read all about it. There's an amazing career paths that people can go down that are just like, well, they kick the other people. Bob, yes. well, you, you said you were you were 67 when you found out you were uh, dyslexic. Yeah, how, I'm, how, I'm 79. Did, did you take a test, or did you just notice no, I, things? My, I, my daughter was diagnosed. It's it's hereditary, and I then started working with the researchers. And there's a smoking gun, and I was the smoking gun, and I went, "I'll be darned." So that's how I, it actually, uh, there was a book called The Dyslexic Advantage, and when I read it, I cried because it explained me to me. It's it's interesting that that's the case because, you know, there's a lot of times it's been suggested. I know that I've I've, uh, ADD I tested for, and apparently I'm... I'm crazy. Uh, hey, maybe you're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's possible. I would love to. Uh, yeah. 20%, guys. 20%. Yeah. No kidding. Are dyslexic. Well, I, so, I, love, I love taking something that, that was basically made you an outcast, uh, you know, and, and embracing it and seeing it for the value that it presents to right. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. And and I just happen to be a kid. Grow, I'm born in Kansas, where all oceanographers come from. But anyway, <laughs> my father my father flew with Chuck, Chuck Yeager. And so I woke up in the Mojave Desert. During, I was born six months after Pearl Harbor. And I just would go on a walkabout. Wow. And back then, I had a bicycle. And my parents would always say, just be home before it's dark. Don't you wish you could say that? Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, I would just do a walkabout. And I was 80, you know, just that energy out and i learned how to harness my energy my son's dyslexic and i put on the mirror as he was growing up it says my body is like a race car when i learn how to drive it i'm going to win a lot of races and it's learning learning how to drive the body you're in and i'll figure it out well it's very impressive and inspiring so uh i love it the memoir into the deep is available on amazon.com and we can get a uh, a, a, a nice peek into into Bob's world, and of course, a new documentary is going to be on Nat Geo uh, next Monday. It's called "An Explorer's Life." Uh, Bob Ballard. So fascinating stuff, sir. We appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story this morning, and uh, we're just—it's uh, an honor to speak to you. So thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Anytime, sir. Thank you, Doctor Bob yeah. Ballard, guys. Jesus, wow, he's great. What a fascinating individual. He what is a great, great personality. Well, what an I awesome t- sense of humor. And to be that, to imagine, to be that jazzed on your, on, yeah. your, on your life trajectory, you yeah. know, to have all these things and to be excited about the possibility of, of constantly learning and, and you, seeking out. And I love how you put it. He, he, he saw this condition, if you will, or whatever you want yeah. to call the dyslexia in his life and took a step back and analyzed it and, and, and went, oh, 
Yeah. That's why I am the way I am, and that's why I've done the things I've done. You you want to, yeah, it's funny because when uh, I, I did get that, the, the, the test for, for uh, ADD, or whatever the, whatever it's referred to as now, and, and I, I, I'm like crazy, you know, off the charts with that. Uh, but in a way, <laughs> and you don't want to sound like you're self-aggrandizing or whatever, but the truth of the matter is my mind does not think in normal ways. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, the, the, uh, the therapist that, that gave me the test said, you know, you, there's nothing to fix. That yeah. that's the way you think. I yeah. mean, that that's it. Begs the question: What is normal? What anyway? is normal? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and why normal? does why does it matter? My girlfriend's dyslexic. She's an artist. Yeah. And and it's served her. Her profession is art. And Bob mentioned how many millionaires are dyslexic. How many you know artists are dyslexic? And so. Whether or not it's quote unquote normal, it matters less and less because you can find paths in life that are normal for you. That's so cool, though. I mean, look, think of this guy's experiences. I love what he said about the original exploration of the Titanic, comparing that tech to what he has now, that he could be in his home, mm-hmm. you know, and be remotely conducting to send down Preston basically underwater drones mm-hmm. to go hunt this stuff down. But, though there is a, something to be said. For an actual human to sit in there and see it, but it's amazing. I just love how he basically. Put, so what's what's tough about the shop? It's dark. <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> he described, you know, <laughs> climbing the mountains in the dark with yeah. a flashlight. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in the middle of a snowstorm. All right, well that was cool. Listen, we got to take a break. Stay put. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks.